Thursday, January the 25th, 2024. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We have a busy week and a ton of content, so we will be splitting up into two different podcasts this week. On this episode, we will have the Pegasus Day Gulfstream Park Saturday preview with Barry Spears. Barry and I go over races 6 through 13 on a fantastic Saturday card at Gulfstream Park. It is awesome racing. Seven graded stakes races. We talk about all of those. We get you ready for some big contest that they have out there. I'll give you more information on that in just a moment. And yeah, we spend I think maybe almost 90 minutes going through the races. So really fun stuff for a big Saturday card. And then it's the Royal Rumble this Saturday. So I'm going to have a fun Saturday, Gulfstream Park Pegasus races. Then they'll roll right into the Royal Rumble. I had to rally the troops. Chad Cooper, you hear him every week. Andrew Champagne and Darren Zocali. We haven't been able to do as many of the old wrestling rewatches as of late, but you've heard them on this show many times. We get all four of us together, and we go through all the listed Rumble entrants, which isn't very many so far for both the men and the women's Rumble. We go through the other couple matches on the card, and then all the possibilities. Who could be a surprise? Uh, poss- old legends that used to be in the WWE. Uh, maybe new faces. People coming up from NXT. I think we talk about 50 or so possibilities for both the men's and the women's side. So, on this episode... We'll get you a big Saturday Gulfstream preview, races 6 through 13 with Barry, and then the Royal Rumble Roundtable with Chad Cooper, Andrew Champagne, and Darren Zocali. And then tomorrow, I'll have another episode that comes out, NFL Conference Championship previews with Eric. We'll discuss the games and preview those. And I also have Season 1 of What If recap and review with Tim Kelly. So we'll have a couple of those coming out for you soon. We'll also recap Echo. I'll have videos for Santa Anita Friday and Saturday. We'll talk about the Coast to Coast Pick 5. Those will be on the next episode as well. So here we go with some uh, Gulfstream Park Saturday and some Royal Rumble Roundtable on this episode that is presented by full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Now, what a full-service realtor means, she can help you out with anything in the world of real estate. So if you're needing to buy or to sell, or maybe you just are trying to, you know, improve your home, maybe you need to, to be connected to the right type of vendors. And she has all sorts of great connections, folks that she's worked with, she has experience with. Maybe you need help with the home improvement process, um, you know, and you need uh, to get help with the bank in a loan. She knows the right type of lenders there. So whatever you need, any of the uh, the different possibilities in the world of real estate, she's got you taken care of, Cindy Carava. And as this big Saturday at Gulfstream Park approaches, they have a huge betting championship tournament. It's called the Pegasus World Cup Betting Championship. It's a $6,000 entry fee, and there are over $250,000 in prizes. Last year, they paid out $280,000 total. The winner took down... 125,000. It's a huge contest that rolls all through the Saturday Gulfstream Park races. You can play the contest at Santa Anita at Gulfstream or from expressbet.com. You can actually qualify. There's still a chance to qualify for only 80 bucks. If you're listening to this, you can play on Thursday at Gulfstream in the feeder. That will qualify you for the Friday contest. That's a $1,000 entry game, and those are the ones where you can win the Pegasus World Cup seats. So for 80 bucks, you get into a $1,000 tournament, and then in there, if you can qualify, 
you can get your seat for what would have just 80 bucks. You can try to qualify out of the $1,000 tournament on Friday, or you can ante up the big entry fee, 6000 You feel confident in your betting skills and see where you stack up against some of the top contest players. The Pegasus World Cup Betting Championship this Saturday. We're going to talk all about those races right now. Gulfstream Park, Saturday, races 6 through 13. Barry Spears joins me to discuss a big, big day. Let's dive in. What a big week coming up. It is Pegasus World Cup Day on Saturday at Gulfstream Park. A 13 race card where every one of the 13 races has at least nine horses entered so far. And oh yeah, it's Tuesday when we're recording this and these entries are already out. Morning lines aren't quite out for the full uh, card yet, but don't worry about it for the big Pegasus races they are. And myself, Gino Bacola, and Barry Spears, the sniper, we're going to help get you all set early on the week and get you ready for Gulfstream Park Saturday, Pegasus Day, seven graded stakes races, three Pegasus races. You can get all the help you need at drf.com. They have everything, those past performances. They've got the clocker reports for Gulfstream Park every day. They've got the DRF picks. And keep in mind that you can always get help with just articles and news and everything else happening. Uh, those clocker reports for every racing day. Barry, Buddy, I'm pumped, man. This is a really good card. You and I are going to talk about races 6 through 13. Every race that we are talking about has a field of 10 entered. So <laughs> it's, man, it's, it's some really it's, good stuff. It's unbelievable. You know, this is, you know, the, the card that kind of kicks off the season, if you will. Um, I mean, it's very competitive. The The back half of the card is very competitive. There's, there's a few races I'm looking forward to. I, I know the Pegasus isn't uh high on star quality but as a betting race it's very 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 good that's a that's fantastic to me right if we're not going to be able to have a bunch of the best grade one type horses then at least give me a big field that we can bet on and that and that's what we're going to get in all of these races because the time of the year right now it can be a little tricky for the top tier horses that might have pointed to breeders cup races and maybe they either recently retired or they may not even quite be starting their year up yet. You know, they might be ramping up and pointing back for the Breeders' Cup. May They may be getting started just right now back on the track and maybe starting working out now and pointing for races in March and April. That's how a lot of the, the racing schedule sort of goes now, Barry, right? We have these horses that point for the end and they're not necessarily racing through all throughout the year. Yeah, and, and this is a chance for, for some of these kind of horses that were flying under the radar or maybe even competing at a lower level to step up and, and kind of come into their own for this for this year. And this is a good jumping off point for a lot of these horses. And we have that had plenty of Southern California days, New York days, even Gulfstream days in the past where you've got big races, but some races are five or six. And, you know, you can kind of, quickly pass through that just is not what this card is at all on Saturday. Uh, you will be able to find some really big opportunities. And what's cool about that. It's also the Pegasus world cup betting championship on Saturday. 
So this is one of the biggest betting contests of the year. It's a tournament with about $250,000 in prizes. I think they gave out 280,000 total last year. The top prize uh, was 125 grand. You can play this thing at Gulfstream, at Santa Anita, or Express Bet. And it's 6,000 to enter. So that's a lot, Barry, right? For a lot of folks being able to put up 6,000 just to enter a tournament. But you can actually qualify which is the way that I try to get into these big tournaments is by qualifying in the feeders. There are a couple of feeders this week, Wednesday and Thursday at Gulfstream, 80 bucks. In those feeders, you win into the Friday tournament, which is the last chance that's a big $1,000 win your way in. So for 80 bucks, if you qualify out of that, you qualify to Friday and then boom, you can actually win your way in to this t- tournament for 80 bucks, have a chance to play for huge money and, uh, yeah, I, for me, it's always I try with the the feeders because I can't necessarily fork up putting six thousand in. I know a lot of people do, or they have sponsors, or maybe these are a few of the big tournaments a year that they'll aim for. I'd personally try qualifying. You know, play Wednesday or Thursday at Gulfstream Park. They're super simple format tournaments too. I think they're just win place, and you pick some of your favorite races on the Gulfstream card, and then Friday is a bigger one. So it sort of like gets you ready moving forward to the big tournament, you really feel like you're tournament ready once you've qualified through a few others. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was playing tournaments, you know, all the time, those feeders were, were so important to my play because it, it just cut your, your entry fees in, you know, it, it, down to almost nothing. Like yep. in this sense, you know, 80 bucks is nothing compared to a $6,000 entry fee. And, and when you can win these, these lower level, tournaments and get in you know it it, it kind of boosts your roi i mean i you, you got to look at it like you're betting through the windows as well because you don't want to overextend yourself and not get a return on your investment and getting in these these lower level feeders helps you do that especially when you win that way you're not overextending yourself you get a nice entry into and, and you could parlay that into multiple different tournaments so it's always a good thing so many opportunities for big winnings this week. They're going to have that coast to coast pick five back. They'll have the races out a little later in the week. I'm sure they'll probably be uh, probably three at, at Gulfstream and maybe two at Santa Anita or whatever. The uh, I'm sure it'll be a little more of a focus for for Pegasus Day and uh, at Gulfstream Park. We are going to take a look at these DRF pass performances, everything you need at DRF.com. And they have the all-access pass performances now, which means you can look at the classic style. If you're someone who grew up looking at the racing form, you like that format, you like that style. If you're someone who's going to be looking online, like uh, Barry and I are doing right now, and you want to jump into the charts, you want to jump into the replays, you want to jump into the stats, the database, you want the formulator PPs. And you can also click the Timeform US PPs and you can get all the tools that they have there. Really love the crew at Timeform US, David Aragona, Craig Milkowski. Trust them. They do a fantastic job making their figures, the pace projectors, everything. So uh, great tools for a big day, for a big week. Let's see if Barry and I can help lead you in the right direction a few times throughout the card on Saturday. So now as we talk about races six through 10, or six through nine, they don't have morning lines out quite yet, but we'll talk about these horses, give you an idea of who's probably going to be taking money, some of the horses that we'll like. And the Pegasus races do have the morning lines out for those three races, so we'll be able to get a little more uh, idea on what the prices of those horses are and who we're trying to beat in those ones. Barry, 
the first couple races we're going to be talking about, we've got some distance races to discuss. A couple of long races on the grass. The first one is the La Previante, which is uh, a mile and a half on the turf. So we're going to be going long here for fillies and mares, some olders. Um, always intriguing in these distance races. I mean, in every race, but I think more so in these long distance races, I have to start with, okay, who's going to be pushing the pace? What does the pace look like? Because some of these, in these distance races, you can get groups sometimes that are a bunch of deep closers or maybe slower horses early. That's why they're in these long distance races. Maybe sometimes you can catch the horses that either get out front and steal them or sit a nice trip. What are you looking at this race from either a pace or horses to play, horses to play against? Um, This race was, was kind of straightforward to me, at least on paper. Um, Romagna Mia, Romana Mia, I guess that's how you say it. Um, looks like a standout here. She's uh, a horse to beat for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't Hands think down. any of these horses can can touch that one. If um she she could come with her B game and probably still win this race, uh, but there's a few others that I thought were interesting. Um, and just a real just a point with Romana Mia too, because. We're always trying to play against some of these short prices throughout a big card like this. There are going to be a few races that you either maybe don't play or you find a different way to play or you single this horse in exotics. I think this does start a middle pick four also. So there's a, a bunch of different wagers throughout the day. She was probably just prepping in that last race too, right? I think we yeah. sort of were trying to beat her because we weren't sure with her on the synthetic. Okay, they're just taking a swing here. It looks like maybe they're getting a race under her for her start of the year. And if that if that was not quite cranked and ready, you know, she might be able to move forward off of that race, save ground, and she she could be really tough in here. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, I, I I know there's no morning line out, but. I would gather she's probably going to be about three to five in this spot, especially with the two horses that she thumped the last time pretty good coming back being, you know, slight contenders here. Um, I thought Taz was interesting just because of the trip that that one will probably get. I, I would hope and think that, you know, the connections would want this one on the lead. Uh, because there's not too, too much speed, but no. I don't think it's going to affect too much of the race per se, because, you know, Alpha Bell is another horse. That's that the one that speed. I think's in- interesting. I just don't know how good she, she is or how far she wants to go, but she could fall, just fall into a really nice trip in here. Right. Making her second start back off a short little break. I just, it, she, and, and you know what that race last time out, it's, it's not bad. She's just a little below on figures and numbers. She's going to have to improve definitely to compete with a horse like Romagna Mia. Yeah, and Blinkers Off doesn't really get me excited either. Um, I, I think she's just a little bit short. Not getting Lasix. I, I, don't, I don't think she's won uh, in a while without Lasix. Uh, back in December 2022 was the last win at, you know without Lasix. And... I, I, I'm with you, too. I, I think she's a cut below these. Taz fits, but, you know, Romana Mia just, just handled her easily last the, time. And it, 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 was, it was just so ridiculous that how, how easily that Romana Mia won that you, you can't really think that Taz could turn the tables. But if the scenario works out where Taz is just lone speed and slows it way down, there's a there's a possibility that Taz could could win this race, but the problem is the price probably won't be that attractive. 
Two other horses I wanted to mention in here I kind of like them overall as horses I'm not sure if they'll get the type of trips they need Or again, I don't know if they're good enough But if you are in this race trying to beat Romagna Mia Or if Romagna Mia gets beat I wouldn't be shocked if it, if one of these horses were to end up running well Our Cali Kim is such a cool horse Man, she is so cool If you just look through her past performances She's a 7-year-old mare and she's only run 13 times. So she's obviously had some physical issues along the way because we see a lot of gaps in her uh, past performances. But she's been in the money in 11 of her 13 starts and the other two she ran fourth. And she was beaten three and two and three lengths in those races. She always shows up. She's so honest. And you can see she was breaking her maiden for maiden 16 a couple years ago. And even when she comes back off the bench, she's went in for 32 and just goes right up the ladder. Like 32, non-two, another tougher non-two, and then she goes into a graded stakes and wins all of them pretty easily. You know, she's just a cool horse to root for. I love seeing horses like this that you know she's got ability. She just has a tough time or she's been a little unlucky physically along the way. Yeah, when she's healthy and she runs, she runs, and yep. she, she shows up, um, and I don't expect anything different on Saturday. It's just, you know, any other time, <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, with Ramon and Mia not in this race, that one would be probably the favorite. The, the horse to be, absolutely, and uh, a horse I've mentioned once or twice in, in past weeks with you where we've talked about races, Sister O'Toole is a, is a distance horse. She just is a a deep closer in a race where you look at a horse like Romagna Mia, who's going to be closing. Is she a horse who you want to have to be three or four lengths behind her? But I wouldn't be shocked to see her run well in this spot. I just don't think she's quite as good as the other one there. She chased a horse named Linda's gift, who was a wire to wire winner in the red carpet. And then Linda's gift has gotten pretty good out here. She's sort of one of the better older now and she's fast so if you catch her in a small field you're probably not going to win that race because there's not a whole lot of other speed pushing her um just to mention a couple other alternatives for anyone looking at this race as a a little different than barry and i but we both did feel like that uh romano me is going to be pretty tough in here to get things started so that's the grade three race number six kick off the 50 cent pick four let's move to a synthetic handicap Barry, I these some of these synthetic races now. I know people will sometimes poo-poo the synthetic surface if they're not used to it or they don't, don't like handicapping it as much. I love it. I've always loved it. I did. I actually had really good success when there was Southern California synthetic racing. When there was Keeneland, I did really well at a lot of those synthetic tracks. I don't mind them. I I just I don't mind playing the races at any level. If if there's a competitive race. I'm fine with it on any surface, yeah. really, at any level. I, I, I don't, I don't need to be playing just graded stakes races. I can play the lowest level of races if they're competitive. And I, uh, man, this one is not low at all. This is a nice one hundred thousand dollar handicap race with legitimate stakes and graded stakes caliber horses in it. And I'm gonna start Barry with a horse who I played. When we uh, when we talked about a similar race just a few weeks ago, Dreams of Tomorrow, who comes out of that race with Fly the W, who is just that win machine. Fly the W is another one of those really cool horses who we just have to pull up. This horse loves Gulfstream Synthetic <laughs> and just wins in all different ways. And 
somehow finds a way again to get up by a neck last time out against a tough group. You can see Fly the W had never faced a group quite like that. And just based on the odds, he was 14 to 1 that day. But he is good. He's a 16-time winner. And Dreams of Tomorrow finished fourth in that race. But Dreams of Tomorrow drew wide and was parked out early. Was four wide going into the turn. Was about six or seven lengths off. Was always out wide. Had to angle out to about the six, seven path. And was still coming late. And I'm looking at the way this big field could shape up. And I'm thinking, you know, towards the outside, especially. I mean, right next door, you've got Ocean Atlantique. You've got County Final. They want to be forwardly placed. And then you start looking at um, Skyro wants to sit close. Border Town is coming out of sprint races where they've been right on the lead. Bluebirds Over will be forwardly placed from the outside. Saratoga Flash will be forwardly placed from the outside. So I saw this race as being uh, one with a very contentious pace. I was looking for someone off the pace. I definitely wanted to use dreams of tomorrow back because I remember, you know, when we play horses, we remember their trips and he was fourth that day, but I thought he ran really well despite that trip and should be in a better spot here. Not having to be as far back either. If you look at his running lines, he doesn't need to be six or seven lengths out of it early. He can sit much closer. And I think he should be able to here from a more inside trip. So yeah, definitely a, a, a formidable contender here. Um, I I kind of went with the other horses coming out of that race. Uh, it's a it's that, a strong race. Yeah, that was it a definitely strong is. race. You know, there there's a few horses out of that race that that'll probably show up and run well in this spot. One of them was Skyro, who was actually favored in that Fly the W race back on brutal trip. Had a terrible trip. Came running and just kind of fizzled out. And it just caught you know, up with him, the the, yeah, the wide the wide trip. You yeah, know? absolutely. And and I think that one merits a really good shot in this totally race. Totally agree. He's a playback uh, for sure. Yeah, and and portfolio company right next door. Um kind of seems like this horse fits here. Uh At the I, level. I know, yeah, and 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 that's one of the toughest things to do as a horse player nowadays is when you see horses going back and forth from the synthetic to the to the turf it's hard to gauge how they're going to be. And this one has never run on the synthetic before. It's, it's, it's totally a crapshoot. And I wouldn't, you know, with portfolio company, I wouldn't take too short of a price on a horse like this in a race like that. It has never run on the synthetic. Um, so you got to tread lightly County final ran well in that same race was beaten by Skyro uh, two back on December 2nd. But again, fly to W is sort of like the standard of, 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 synthetic synthetic, racing in in florida or or at gulfstream and you know kind of measuring that horse and how they ran against that horse could give you an idea of what's going to happen um so i'm I'm gonna go with that angle for this race um even a horse like ocean atlantique um who does have two wins on the synthetic yep uh could be formidable in this spot despite the last race where you kind of got beat badly by Wolfie's Dynagos, who's also kind of a synthetic dynamo. And, and you know, but he, he he's one of those horses too, where he gets out front and cruises. And sometimes if you're in chase mode, like where ocean at Atlantique was in like chasing the lone speed, mm-hmm. that's the toughest spot to be sometimes, right? When you're the one trying to do the dirty work, I, I wouldn't completely talk you off ocean at Atlantique either. It's a really challenging, fun, contentious betting race. It, I, I'm glad this one's in the mix that we were that. And I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about this one too, because 
Now I, I looked at even a horse like the one is kind of uh, is kind of like portfolio company for Chad Brown. He's trying to figure out where these horses fit. Exact estimate coming out of these grass races. Okay, this horse has some solid races against upper level allowance company. He's not quite a graded stakes type horse, but maybe he can f- stack up really well in the synthetic here. He's a horse who has some tactical speed. He doesn't exactly need the lead, but he can sit pretty close so he can give you some options here. He'll probably just be a little bit... The problem with just the, these connections is alone, they always get a little bit over bet. But, I, man, how about the start to the meet for Chad Brown? When, oh, where man, do you see he, that? He's he's not having a, a good time right now down no. in Miami. No. Um, you know he's he's gonna you know he's gonna break out of it. It's just Soon. a matter of when oh, yeah. and 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 how many wins he gets because he's gonna put together a string of them. And it looks like he's gonna try and and get some on Saturday for sure. Uh, another horse that that kind of caught my eye was Ocean Vision. Has two wins on the synthetic overseas. Yep. Um, one going short, one going longer. Why not? I mean, again, and- it's you, you got a price shop here because I, I think. Ocean Atlantique, given his running style in the last few races, if he keeps that running style, he's going to be really tough in here and probably at a price because you see that last race, people see it and they're like, oh man, he didn't do anything and just eliminate the wrong direction. Put a line right through it. Right. And and he's actually better than that. He did it before in the Manhattan where he was clearly overmatched um, and probably distance limited in that race, going a mile and a quarter on the turf um, at Belmont. But you know, I, I think that that this horse, you know, morning line wise, probably won't be the longest shot on the board, but won't be the shortest price either. So that one, you know, you kind of have to, to to feel it out, especially once the morning lines come out to see who might be where, and then you can make your decisions from there. Yeah, the uh, intriguing horse that you were just talking about before, Ocean Vision, is also one who has raced only twice here. Both of them came on the grass and we'll go back to the synthetic where they've had previous success. And they come out of a couple strong races. Carl Spackler, really nice three-year-old last year, multiple graded stakes winner. Uh, also more than looks was a horse who he lost to twice more than looks went on um, and was in the breeders cup was only beaten a couple lengths there. That's a very nice horse too. So if you look at those two races last year, you can be very forgiving about those for a horse who's now going to come back to a surface where they've had success in France. Yeah. I'm uh France and in Ireland. And what's nice too, is that on different synthetic surfaces, right? One in Ireland, one in France. And as you mentioned, going short and going long. So there's some ability here. Just got to find the right sort of spot, the right level, all of that for ocean vision for a, a capable barn. Fun, fun synthetic race there in race number seven. Let's dive into race number eight. We're going to go long on the grass again here, Barry. This one is for the boys going longer, uh, the older horses. This one actually will kick off your pick six. So we'll have the final six races here to discuss on the card, all graded stakes races. Barry, this one, you start us off. How do you see the William M. Uh, L. McKnight playing out? This is another one. Like I, I know this is going to be the theme, um, but this is another one that that's can go a way different directions. I mean, I, I kind of think that this one might be more of a rider's race than anything else. Um, because all the, all the horses seem very evenly matched. Um, and, and it's, it, it's going to come down to trip. 
Like, for example, the horse that I'm going to talk about, Stone Age. Yep. Who I'm not really, you know, enthused about in general. But I can get a great trip. Yes. I can see a situation with Ryan Moore in the saddle that he puts this horse in the race earlier than he has been lately and and could get a really good trip here. Yep. He's hard um, to completely leave out because of that, because right. he could just fall into a nice spot. Second start off the bench with the blinkers coming off. He chased main event last time. Who's going to be in the, the bigger race this week, the Pegasus who in main event was a lone speed winner that day. It was his first start in a few months and he kind of loomed up and then he just flattened. And you can probably eliminate those two races on the yielding turf, right. you know, it, and so you start building a case for him, but you were kind of hitting on my same thought. There's nobody in here that you say for sure. Okay. That is the horse going to the lead. There's a couple that could, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh cellist maybe could, yeah. he's got a little tactical speed. I could see that he's done it before. Um, you, we you know, we mentioned stone age here. He could end up in a really nice spot. He's another one of them. Um, by default, a horse like Verstappen is probably just like a little more tactical than most of the horses in this race. He could be just in a decent spot because a lot of these others are just not that fast early. No. And, and that's the thing. It's like, well, who wants to take the lead? And, and, you know, when you're, when you're looking at the form, you, that's where you kind of want to go first and, and kind of work your way you know, you want to see who the favorite is and who the speed is. Yep, <laughs> and then exactly. you kind of work your way from there. Um, you know, but even even a horse like Grand Sonata Absolutely. has shown that kind of speed in the past. And and if nobody wants to go, I can see Tyler or, um, you know, Tyler just kind of saying, hey, well, if nobody wants it, I'll take it. And the key is um, he's, he's, a, he's a must use for me in any sort of multi-exotics because he's just coming out of a lot of shorter races recently where they've just had faster races to the half mile than they'll probably be in here by default. He should be within a couple lengths, no doubt about it. Yeah. And then you you got the older contingent, like rock emperor's eight year old, but still in pretty good form. And and, and he's the class of the competitive. Yeah. So, so this could go a lot of different directions. I I wouldn't, uh, you know, settle on a short price here by any means. I, I think this is actually, um, what I would deem a spread race because everybody kind of looks the same. Um, Francisco Clemente is probably going to take a lot of action because of the rider and the trainer and the connections and the owner. Um, they win a lot of races, but being stuck down on, on the rail and that lack of speed and lack of speed and, you know, coming from a, a race that wasn't that highly rated. No, um, that, that Hollywood turf cup was a decent race, but it, this is definitely a better race than that. So, you know, this could go a lot of different ways. I'm sure Francisco Clemente will probably be the favorite, but doesn't look like a cinch by any means. The horses that are for sure in the mix for me in this race, I, I'm glad we mentioned them all. Stone Age I'm going to use. I'm using Grant Sonata, who Barry mentioned. I'm using Verstappen, and I'm going to use Chellis too. I, I think this is probably the horse for me, probably the one to beat. Just with the versatility that he's shown, his effort on the synthetic last time out was really good. He was chasing Wolfie's Dynaghost, who we were talking about, who's a really nice synthetic horse. And that was 
not even his preferred surface for Shellis, to where he's done a lot of his best work on the grass. A few starts back in the Sycamore at Keeneland. He's on the lead and he's a, a good second that day. It's 17 to one. And he's m- more often than not forwardly placed. But if somebody's looking at this race like we are and one of these horses says, oh, hey, let's go try to get aggressive here. He's totally fine sitting off the pace and it won't bother him at all if he's got to sit or have to close and, and pass horses. So he's, to me, I think a major, major player in here. And uh, yeah, we went through Grand Sonata. Those will be a lot of the ones in the mix, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like um, value engineering in this spot. I, I You could you could kind of toss that last race uh, going two miles where F5 was really dominant on the front end the whole race. Um, and I think that was totally yep. a prep for this one. This horse just missed last year in this race. Why not? And and probably will get a better price or same price as you did last year. You got ten to one last year. Probably be around that this year too. You're right. Yeah, this horse was got really good at this time time of the year last year, and then threw in a couple clunkers towards the end of this end of the year. Yeah, and he needs start, some time. He needed time. Yeah, it, like it was clear. A, he was big, a couple big form. races in a row. Right, big races in a row, and then needed some time. Took some time, and this year, if you're looking at those two races this year, and you're really discouraged. This the price on this horse will be good enough to use because you can excuse November 30th synthetic. Okay. Not the surface that this horse likes as much. And then comes back, like you said, and was chasing lone speed going two miles. He'll be ready for a good effort again. Is he still got as good of an effort in him as he did last year? Maybe, but you should be rewarded with the price on him. So yeah, not to mention my guy, Michael Huey, the owner, um, did this with uh, Echo Zulu. So, you know, it, 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 it's a pattern. You know what I mean? Like, you can see that value engineering, look at last year at this time, was probably his his sharpest. And I think they're trying to peak again this year. And I, 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 would, I would give him a good shot in this race, for sure. Really challenging, fantastic betting race again. The eighth race at Gulfstream Park. On Saturday, let's move to race number nine. It is the grade two inside information. We're going to go seven furlongs on the dirt here. And these are fillies and mares, four-year-olds and up. In this race, we have a really cool five-year-old mare that'll always take some beating when she shows up in these types of races. She's not quite a grade one caliber. Like She's not really a Breeders' Cup filly and mare sprint type of horse. But wow, she's really sharp. She never really runs a bad race. Mary quite contrary. One going a mile in the rampart last uh, last time out. Two starts back. She was second in the Princess Rooney. You can see she has a couple defeats to Echo Zulu and Goodnight Olive. And other than that, I mean, she's just right there. She won this race last year coming from pretty far out of it after some trouble at the start. That's the way you can beat her, Barry, because she's not that fast early, but she always does come running and she's a, she's a cool horse here. That's Mary quite contrary. Yeah. I'm kind of curious as, as to how they're going to bet that horse. Um, because it, you know, at least on paper, there's enough speed for her to, to, to run down. Um, you know, gerrymander has a lot. Sassy nature is probably going to go. Um, you got music city star. Yep. Uh, intrepid daydream also is quick. So, you know, it's, it's, I think there's, there's going to be enough pace, but um, 
it's tough from the outside there. I mean, I, I don't foresee her getting any kind of breaks, you know, saving ground or anything no. like that. So that might be a tough one, especially if they bet that horse down. But, uh, you know, the horse that really interests me here is Bluefield. Yeah, I'm glad you um, mentioned her. You know, that horse was kind of stuck on the rail last time and didn't get an ideal trip back again on the rail, which I think will help her price, basically. Um, because it was the second off a, a decent layoff. She clearly improved, ran better against these type of horses. So not to, inter- not to just pause your thought for one yeah. second, I'm going to pull the race up because there are a few of the horses in this race. So it's kind oh, of yeah. interesting to watch. We've got Intrepid Daydream, who's the four. The five is Olivia Darling, and the one is Bluefield. They all come out of that same race where they lost to a lone speed winner, and it was going six furlongs. This is seven. But watch Bluefield from the rail and, and go ahead now. Keep Keep talking. Yeah, she, she kind of, you know, kind of gets out well and gets shuffled back pretty quickly. I don't, I don't know if that was by design or, you know, they were just kind of letting her get out of the gate, you know, not really trying to win this race, meaning to win the race on Saturday. Um, but Intrepid, Intrepid Daydream gets a, a pretty decent trip here. Olivia Darling kind of is in the race early. And, and I think this is going to play out a little bit the same way. Um, so Bluefield actually kind of gets up in between horses here. Nowhere to go. And nowhere to go. And, and she kind of has to pause and, and, and then makes Angle a around. nice little run, gets out, and, and kind of finishes strong. And I think that's what they wanted to see here because this is the goal on Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure what kind of price you're going to get on her, especially with, with Pratt aboard um, for Safi, But. Man, you know, between that one and the two-horse, two-item saver, I'm very interested in both of those horses. Yeah, I think she's probably my horse to bet if if we can get a, a some nice value on her. Just compare the trip that she had to the horses like that she finishes right next to, and she was the second-best horse in this race. Probably, yeah. She was shuffled down inside got shuffled back and then had to angle all the way around them. And she finishes fifth, barely behind these horses while she had a lot more trouble and a lot more work to do in a race that was going six furlongs. And right. I think th- this is going to be a better setup for her. Absolutely. And in a six furlong race, she really ran seven. If you really want to think about Absolutely. it, <laughs> she, and you know what she did in the race, it, it kind of, you know, she lost ground, came back, came around and finish strong and, and, and probably not at her peak in this race either. So there's something to think about. And she doesn't have to be that far back either. If you look at her prior races, she no, can she's sit quick a lot closer. She can be more tactical. And that's probably what you'll get with Pratt coming aboard. Zayas has done that with her before. Like he said, we don't exactly know if it was the plan to try to do that, make one late run, set it up. Or if she did get shuffled a little bit more, Whatever it was, we know that they have other options with her. They can try to get her in the race a little more early on. She's been competitive with Mary Quite Contrary. She wasn't too far behind her when they were uh, against up against Graded Stakes Company a few starts back. So, yeah, I think she's a player in here. The other one I will throw on to a pick four or five just in case. If that race plays out like it did on paper, the horse that might be the one to sneak away would be uh, Sassy Nature, who mm. might just be faster than everyone. 
I don't know if this horse can go seven furlongs. I have no idea really how good she is. But if the if all those horses, the three that come out of that last race we watched, are all going to try to do the same thing here, where they sit a little bit, especially because it's going seven furlongs and they're trying to save a little something. If a horse can get out front again, I'm going to throw this one into a pick four or five, Barry, just in case, because I think she might offer us some nice value and she could get brave and give a, a good run for our money, their sassy nature. But well, they'll all, they'll have to hold off Mary and the one, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know how good O'Sheen Murphy is, you know, with a horse, a speed horse. It's on a the very dirt. good, very good point. And I, I, I would tend to think that the way this horse is running style is they're going to be all out from the jump. Yep. I mean, what what else could they actually do? No, and that's um, what I want to see. If you bet this horse, you want yes, this horse to absolutely. be a length clear. And you hope the others are all content with what we saw in the uh, in the sugar swirl. Hey, let's sit second, third, or fourth. Let's see if the horse comes back to us. And maybe she doesn't. But, you know, you'll probably get gerrymander right next door trying their hardest to push her. Because I don't think gerrymander really wants to sit off horses. It's funny looking in the past performances. There were a couple different horses that you saw that had match races at in New York over the last few months. Like, yeah, at the oh, Saratoga, I saw yep, one. There was one and then another one here too. So, um, again, uh, a fun race in different – what's so cool about this card too, just different dynamics for all of these races too. We saw a couple long on the turf. Here's uh, dirt, an elongated dirt, dirt sprint. And, the, and it just shows you in the one race in the sugar swirl, the difference between six and seven could be a lot for a horse like Bluefield. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, you know. That's why you should demand your price in this race. I, I mean, yep. this is another one where there's a lot of contenders. We didn't even talk about Olivia Darling, who no, who was kind of coming into her own, came off the bench on December 23rd and ran a nice race in that. In, there's in nothing that wrong with that race. Watched. Yeah, right. why can't she? Beaten. You know, step up. I, I mean, the only downside is she's stuck on the outside, but you get your your top rider here, so she's gonna take money regardless. You um, even started to point out the the, the real wild card horse. Yeah. The, uh, the two. Yeah. Or, uh, two item saver. Two item saver, yeah. Whose debut at Churchill going five and a half furlongs back in 2022. She's in the race with Hoosier Philly. And who, Hoosier who was, Philly at was, that point was the best two year old. She was yeah. the best for early on. She was undefeated when she wins the Goldenrod. And when she starts the Rachel Alexandra, she's like the Kentucky Oaks Philly favorite at that point. Mm -hmm. And so that's the debut for two item saver. Following that debut, we see this horse go to Colonial, win at Colonial, going six, then goes to Keeneland, wins by 13 lengths. It was a small field that day. It was only a field of four. They stretched the horse out. Doesn't want to go long, has a little bit of trouble, just doesn't get the greatest trip in that November 24th race. But then they cut back to a sprint on the synthetic at Turfway, and the horse comes from off the pace pretty impressively. And there's definitely ability here with this Philly. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that that Churchill race, the one going long, there was some good horses in there. Punch yep. was very good, Corningstone was very good, the alleys look. I mean, it, it, she wasn't running against slouches. These were <laughs> all Chop like Chop was horses. in that race. These are literally uh, all Oaks horses. Yeah. And and you know, I, you can definitely forgive that. And if you put your line through that race, this horse rates a good shot here. And I, I like this horse and and probably will get uh a decent price considering who the connections are 
And she's a little light on speed figures. Yes. Too. You so know that that one will fly under the radar. I'm 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 definitely she, using that. She's one. really interesting, really intriguing. Two item saver in a fun edition of the inside info. As we've told you, each one of these races, big field after big field after big field. Up next, it's the Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mare Turf. Okay, let me, uh, Barry, get us started with this one, a mile and a 16th. I think I can pull up the uh, morning line on this one for that. So that way we can see, we can get a look at what the odds are. Um, okay, talk to us about how you see this race playing up, uh, shaping up a little bit. Who are some of the horses on your radar? And I'll pull up the uh, the odds so that way everyone can get an idea what the uh, what the morning line looks like. Sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, this this race <laughs> is another one um, that has some really good horses in it. It's not the biggest field that we'll see on Saturday, but it's very high in quality. Um, I, I tend to think that this one might be a little bit more straightforward. Um, I think the race kind of goes through Mission of Joy. I, I think that horse was really good. Got good last year, um, sort of around this time of year. Yep. And kind of starting up again. And and I think this is a good spot for her. It's not too difficult of a spot, but it's not easy either. I mean, you have these horses coming from the West Coast like Didia, who, who's been doing some damage out there. And, and those horses are hard to evaluate when they get out of California because there's such a vacuum out there. You know, those horses are kind of isolated and they usually don't get out much. Yeah, so, it's not a, a complete – and because the, the depth, especially in the turf – divisions the depth isn't quite there in southern california horses on the dirt can always compete really well all over because they have the speed that'll sort of be the equalizer but a lot of the turf horses with the depth completely agree with you the thing about didia what's nice is that we've seen her all over and she's been pretty competitive in in different circuits i think she fits well in here i don't know as we take a look at the morning line here star fortress who's five to two this is just the type of favorite who I don't really know what to do with, and I'll, I'll probably not play as much in my exotics because she's really getting bet big off, or she's going to be bet big off that one race. Yeah, and absolutely, it was a great, it, it was a perfect trip though, perfect trip and an awesome effort. I mean, she got monster yeah. buyer speed figure. She was good that day. The problem I have is one over the last couple of years that Churchill Turf Course has just been weird. It's been bad. They've had issues with it. It's been open. It's been closed. They've been off the turf for tons of time. And so we've seen horses have huge performances on that turf or either not like that grass. It's sort of like an outlier a lot of the time. And then two, it was also a good turf course that day. And she comes into the race off a couple months. She races. And because it was such a monster effort, you have to give her a little time off after that race. So she comes back in off of a few months. It's not like it's a layoff after another layoff, but I maybe not quite as sharp because you want to make sure you give the horse a little bit of time. I think there are a, a few reasons to take a swing against this horse in a race where I like the next tier of horses, some that you were starting to mention. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Star Fortress probably get bet down. I mean, yeah, she, she looks very tough on paper. But again, you know, there, there's some things that, that can uh, make you think that. I mean, that was her that, first turf victory. Right. And, and that it's just a weird race. 
from that perspective, especially mm-hmm. if you think it goes through Star Fortress, which I don't. No, I, yeah. I think there's a really good horse, but me too. I, th- I think from there's, a gambling there's... standpoint in this race, I don't have enough sample size on her for her to be this overwhelming of a favorite. I think if you can hear throughout the card so far, the races where Barry and I feel like we like these favorites, it's when you have a, a body of work where you really know you've seen these horses a bunch, you've tried to beat them a few times in different ways, and you know, <laughs> hey, you know what? This is a nice one, win or lose. I'd rather line up against a different horse. This is one that if she comes back and beats me by 10 again, I'm still fine lining up against her because I'm really trying to play against her off that one race. I, 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 and I, that was a good race to have better. If you did, she was six to one that day when she jogged, right? She wasn't the heavy favorite that day. Yeah. Um, and now you're going to be betting her off of that. So no, thank you. You mentioned <laughs> Didia. Who are some of the others we want? Uh, I mean, what do you do with Cairo Consort? Yeah. Ryan Moore, the horse came off the layoff, ran a, ran a figure or a buyer number that was equal to her best on the page. That's a Barry Angle, right? Yes. There. And and the second time out, you, you step up and, and, and you win. It happens a lot. A she lot, missed the, the second half of her three-year-old season. So think about some of the maturity and development she might have in her. She was wide last time. Her trip, she ends up being way wide out in the middle of the track. And she is so honest. Last year, she was one of those horses that was over, not over bet, but she was always going to be favored in a lot of races because she fit really well in those races. And she was in a a, a nice, in nice form. You might, you're going to be able to bet her in this race where you've never really been able to before, you know, um, she's going to save ground. She can, she's more of a deeper closer now, but I don't think she has to be that far back as she's been in, in, you know, the last couple races you've seen on paper. She no, no knocks with her, uh, other horse. So I want to mention fluffy. She, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> yeah, that was a wicked beat last time. That was a terrible, wicked yeah. beat. It's like, she didn't see surge capacity up the rail. Cause she's a length and a half clear of the rest of the field. She's a really strong closer. And it, it doesn't surprise me to see horses with her running style have a record similar to hers where they have more seconds than they do wins because that just happens with deeper closers like this. They, yeah. they don't get their own race as much. They have traffic. They have to weave in and out. They don't get the type of pace shape they need. I don't think it's a, she's not a winner or she hangs. It's more of, oh, she didn't really get the pace that day she needed. Right. And, you know, honestly, uh, with Irad landing here, I would think that this horse is probably going to be a little bit closer than normal. Um, just because I, I think Ruby Nell and probably uh, Accomplished Girl are, are probably going to hook up early. Not that they're going to be blazing fast, but they're going to keep each other occupied, which will allow other horses to, to kind of close into that. And, you know, Irad doesn't make too many mistakes in this regard on the turf with a horse like Fluffy Socks. You can almost guarantee that this horse is going to be somewhere around the photo finish at, at you know, Absolutely. when it's all said and done. So yeah. you can't count that one out. Um, and, you know, Ruby Nell is a horse I like a lot, but just not in this spot. She's super talented. I'm just concerned because the the if Ruby Nell or accomplished girl weren't in here, I would give the other one a big look. Yeah, absolutely. 
I just think they're going to be quite a nuisance to one another. I, I know Accomplished Girl sat a little bit last time, and I know Ruby Nell has before, but for both of them in a race like this, a strong competitive race, their best trip is being loose on the front end. Yeah, and Queen Goddess will have some speed too to, to kind of yep. make sure that they don't get any breathers. She could, um, you know, she might be, the trip she sat last year, if she sat something exactly like that, where she sits fourth, two lengths off the pace or so, that was what won it for her. You know, remember she was kind of just wide and kept out, just sitting not too far off of it. She hasn't won since that race, but she could fall into a nice spot if she's able to stay out of that. But with being out wide, she she could get caught up a little bit too much early. Yeah, this is a different, you know, a totally different race. I think we even had less entries last year in this oh, race. Yeah. And yep. it allowed her to kind of settle. I don't yep. think she's going to have that that sort of luxury, especially the, where she drew. Mm-hmm. And and then all the other speed. Like, even Sister Luann is going to, uh, sure. you know, with Paco is probably going to go. Because why is she in here otherwise? Right. And that's why I think Irad is going to end up getting in a good spot. It's just a matter of what the price is going to be on that horse. And then Mission of Joy, who I, I do like quite a bit, will probably get sort of the same trip that Fluffy Sox wants. The one that we did not mention that will make the uh, Chili way. Flag is going to take action. Chil- yeah. Chili Flag is is on paper one that I think a lot of people will look to, especially with Pratt jumping aboard. For Brown for these connections, this horse got good towards the end of last year. Uh, we just talked about Tass a little while ago, so I could see this one taking some money. And uh, Felicia, she's honest, man. She <laughs> she really ran well last time. She got a great trip up the rail, but she's actually got a lot of versatility to her. I'm, I don't want her close to the lead here, but she can finish if she just if that's the tact if that's the trip they decide on. Not quite as good as some of the top top tier in here. But a horse who might be able to just fall into a nice spot if she gets the trip, she might be one of the horses in here that gets a little forgotten about if some of the others get bet. She got bet last time, but I got a feeling in this race she could sort of kind of fall through the uh, through the cracks a little bit here because you know she's a fair fair price on the morning line. I think ten to one is what mm-hmm. uh, what she is. Yeah, the number five. So here's a look one more time at go. the morning line for the oh, Philly. With with Cairo concert being fifteen to one, that that seems like a stretch. But if you get that price, <laughs> yeah, I, I might bet that horse. Cairo concert at that price, Chili Flag at a big price, uh, Felicia at a big price. You've got Fluffy Socks. That makes sense to me as being one of the top tier horses. I think she'll probably be around seven to two. Didia is a very playable price in around five to one. Barry mentioned Mission of Joy. So if this is a race where Star Fortress can win. But I have way too many other fun possibilities at big prices in here. Um, yeah, it, it would be it would be to our benefit the way we talked about the race if Star Fortress gets bet down. Yeah, um, because there there's a lot of options here. I, I yep. mean, you know, I, I think that the morning line, at least looking at it, I think they kind of overvalued the California horses a little bit. So you'll see. You know that fluctuation, Even and I out think Buffy Socks will probably be second choice. Me too. She probably, I could be seeing her like seven to two, right? And I yeah. and I also think Cairo Concert would probably take some action eight to than, one than what they're they're kind of predicting here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is this is a great betting race, man. Race number ten on Saturday at Gulfstream Park. It's the Pegasus 
Philly and Mayor Turf. Let's keep moving along. Where do we head next? We're going to the grade three Fred Hooper. So for this race, it's a mile on the main track. What you have here are the horses who maybe didn't want to go in the Pegasus. Maybe they're a cut below. Maybe they can't quite go that far. They will show up in here. And from a pace standpoint, I think a lot of it's going to run through Hajazi from the rail because you have Pratt. This horse doesn't really want to come off the pace all that much. I don't think he really even wants to go more than a sprint distance, but he might be able to get a trip like this on the lead if he's just handled aggressively. His last race in the Malibu, he actually got the lead, but Speedboat Beach was another baffer and was the inside of him. So he didn't cross over on the other baffer. So it, it was a little tougher for him. The horse up the rail ends up beating him that day. I don't think they're going to have any sort of issue like that. He's here and he's going to be sending hard from the rail, right? He should be. Yeah. I mean, what else is he going to do? He's not yeah. going to sit. And and there, you know, I just the way Baffert trains his horses and runs the horses, he's going to the front. Yep. Um, and it's just a matter of how long he wants to be out there. Uh, but there's other speeds here and, and I right next door to him even right. Expressman has some zip. Uh, somebody's got to take a crack at this horse. So so he doesn't get that breather. Um, not to mention the fact that he's stretching out a little further than he probably wants to, you know, this is the time to beat him. Accreditive doesn't have to be too far. He's shown some speed in spots, giant games, ridden, and because that's where he's been good on the lead. They, I don't think he is as fast as a jazzy, but they I have, have to a ride him that, that way. One. I have a yeah. theory on giant game in this race. And I, and, and it seems like that this horse might be in there for a rabbit mm-hmm. uh, for Cyclone Mischief, who I do like. Um, Cyclone Mischief kind of came into his own going this trip uh, last year um, in the that optional claimer 75,000. Yep. On January 8th, he kind of came into his own and people were like, oh, this horse is pretty decent. And then he kind of tailed off kind of got back into it and didn't really develop a style. But I think the miles, the one turn mile suits this horse perfectly. And this one, I like the Tory. I like the Tory on him too. Right. Exactly. You get a, a nice patient rider in, in Frankie, who, who's going to be very, very versatile with what he's going to do and, and gives himself outs as far as what he can do with this horse. And, and I think that's, that's a good thing. You know, even a horse like Gilmore, um, has some races back last year that, that can easily win this race. Mm-hmm. Comes off the bench, runs a decent race against Sibelius, who you know is a, a really, really good horse. Came flying late, probably needed. I think that one will, will step up a little bit. Look at some of his losses. Sibelius, Saudi Crown, New York Thunder, rest in peace, <laughs> Arabian Lion. You know, those I are... Mean, General Jim. Yeah, who at nice that time was razor nice sharp. Nice times and Fort Bragg, who he's behind. Drew's Gold was another really sharp horse. Oh yeah, and he's third cool. in the Woody Stevens there. Um, so he he's been in strong races. Last year he was facing some of the better three year olds. I never thought he was quite at the top. This this is a good level for him. Yeah, right here. This is, this is perfect. The good then- spot class wise. You know, uh, uh, the other horse, like if you if you told me I, I had to bet this race today, I'm taking Tumba Rumba. That's my top pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he should get a nice trip. The Louis size ride is what I call it, where he's, you know, flanking the, the speeds 
and then taking over in the stretch and just finishing it off. Yep. I can see that trip happening with this horse. Exactly. And, and I want to be there if the price is right. Go through his form recently. Go through his entire body of work. He you can eliminate the max field on a sloppy racetrack. Just put a line right through it. Eliminate the two turf races. You're left with eight in the money finishes in eight dirt starts. Horse always shows up. He has a nice tactical style. He can pass horses. His last race was a perfect tightener for this because he was in a small field. He chased a lone speed winner that day, and he got to go a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. Now he gets to turn back, so he'll be a little sharper. He'll have a little more late oomph, and he doesn't have to be that far out of it. But you and I are pointing out, I think there's a couple horses that can soften up Hajazi a little bit. And I, I like Tumba Rumba sitting a really nice trip in here for a barn who's been flying throughout the meet so far. Yeah, I mean, you almost can't beat him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, you know, that horse is definitely uh, one I'm, I'm, I'm using. I mean, yeah. if not just solely using that one. Uh, Cyclone Mischief definitely is going to get a second look from me. Um, like what you talked about with, with this one too, because he was cla- like, he was good last year, even in the Florida Derby in the fountain of youth, he was not bad. And that Florida Derby race came back a really, really strong race with a bunch of next out winners. Remember, uh, Forte, when we next saw him after the Florida Derby, he came back and was second in the Belmont and Mage won the Derby out of here. Il mm-hmm. Miracolo won a graded stakes race, uh, or he won an optional claimer optional. the next we saw him, and he won but a graded stakes race later in the year. Yeah, yeah, he won the Smarty Jones later in the year. West Coast Derby came back to win an optional first-level allowance coming out of that race the next we saw him. We saw Nautical Star come back out of the Florida Derby a few months later in August. He won a first-level allowance race. Mr. Peaks and WNL all did. A very strong race that Cyclone Mischief was third in last year. And you're right. I think he had ability, but I remember in those races wondering, what's his running style going to be? Because he didn't seem quite as fast as maybe some of the other horses in there, but he's not. he wasn't really a closer. I think he's just grown up now, and he'll be able yeah. to sit a better trip in here. He can be forwardly placed, but he can sit off the pace a little bit. Hope I would love to see him sit in like fourth. Yeah, race. that that would be perfect, and somewhere like that, you know, I, I, he's a big horse anyway. So you know, kind of getting him out and having him kind of run down horses is probably what he's going to be best at. And another horse that probably won't catch too much action, who I think has a really good shot, is Steel Sunshine. Um, you know, if 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 things really kind of melt down, I think Steel Sunshine is 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 going to be there to pick up all the pieces. You and I uh, here, Steel Sunshine who comes out of the Harlan holiday last out. We're going to see O'Connor in the big one in the Pegasus world cup in just a few races, the horse to the outside. I just don't know with his running style, if Gulfstream is going to be the best for him. We were going to talk about him in one of the races a few weeks ago, and he ended mm-hmm. up going to the race at aqueduct. Instead, he was favored in that race and he did have to move really wide. And if you watch that race, he looked like he was going to win. He loomed up. He just had to go five, six wide, and he got to just out finish late. That was going a mile. I like him as a horse. I just don't know if this is the spot right now, but I, I've i kept my eye on him because he, last year, after he broke his maiden at Belmont, I thought he was a an intriguing horse, and then he just missed almost his whole three-year-old season when he came back in August. He, he needed a few races to get back into form. He strung together a couple nice ones at Aqueduct. 
but not sure if this is the spot for him. He's just one I keep an eye on. I kept coming back to Tumbarumba. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tumbarumba is, is quick and, and should be able to get position. Um, Signator, it, you know, it's hard to, to envision this horse getting a, a, a winning trip in this race. You know, where's it going to be? I, I mean, you, you would think that the speed horses are just too fast. Yep. And the closers close better than him. So he's kind of in a tough spot. I, I think if this field was smaller, he'd probably have a better shot. But <laughs> every time I see our horse in this race, I want to start singing. I get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again. Ain't ever going. Oh, no, that's Chumba Wumba, not Tumba Rumba. Okay. Okay. Oh, Donnie boy. <laughs> As we move along to uh, the final two races on the Saturday card, Barry Spears joining me here. Thanks so much, all of you, for hanging out with us as we've navigated our way through the daily racing form past performances. Races six through 13 were the focus of our conversation here. And we're now up to race number 12. This one is the Pegasus World Cup turf. And here's a look at the field. In here, the morning line favorite is actually a Philly warm heart who finished second, beaten just a neck in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. Following that, she went over and finished third in the Hong Kong Vase, which is a group one. And she's a legitimate horse. She came into the Breeders' Cup off of back to back group one victories going a mile and a half. Now, she, I continue to say she because she is a Philly facing the boys and she's a newly turned four-year-old filly facing older boys. She's also going to be at a distance that she's certainly capable, but her best races have been going longer as of late. So I do think, you know, you can, you can at least talk, a, talk, take a few knocks and, you know, question a few things about her being a heavy, heavy favorite as she likely will be. She's, you know, a like nine to five, on the morning line is what they have her installed here. So from the conversation starting point, what do you think about a uh, uh, warm heart, um, warm heart? I mean, classy Barry, super classy, but not unbeatable in a spot like this. Definitely not unbeatable. I mean, you see my horse in there, King Max. Yeah. He ran well last time. Let's get to the yeah. keys here. Yeah. I, I mean, th this is a, this is a tough race. I mean, you know, a horse like integration could be any kind. Uh, you know, this horse could blow this field away and look like the next coming of, uh, you know, bricks and mortar. And they're getting some bad vibes, too, on social media for taking Carmouche off. There was yeah, you know, you have to wonder what what the uh, decision making process was there because and I feel and you and because you don't always know because it may have been a thing like, well, Gaff Leon rode this horse first time out. I think they said he was going to go in a different spot, hurt but something. they rode him on. Uh, they, they weren't sure they were going to run. On uh, on September the 9th at Colonial because Gaflian I don't think was there that day. I think they he was ended hurt. Up, yeah, so they ended up riding in the Virginia Derby and Carmouche is aboard for the next few. So it's it's a bummer because I I would never want to take someone off who's won on a horse more recently. But you also feel if it was supposed to be Gaflian's horse all along, right? You just never know what the full story was or what everything. Yeah, and behind we'll never doors. get it. <laughs> no, it's just a bummer when you see that, especially for someone like Carmouche who is doesn't get. That was his gripe. He says, I ride really well for people, but then I don't get to ride a lot race. of the, the grade yeah. one horses. Why? What, you know, I'm, he's a good speed rider too. He does a really good job. He's very aggressive. So just at least worth mentioning. Cause that's a, was a little bit of a bummer. And I saw, I think Dave Grenning had an article on DRF.com about uh, the decision and just how 
it's one thing as a jock, you know, you forget we're all human. You're going to feel bummed out when that happens. They're not yeah. machines. They're not just statistics on the paper. These are real people with real feelings. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's funny because there's like no speed in this race. At oh, all. no. Um, and, you got main and, event, you know. Yeah, and Jerry the Nipper. And and, and that one really doesn't want to go to the lead either. No, but he uh, by default just could be sitting pretty close. Right, because he's he's on he's closest to the rail and, and will get out ahead of everybody else. Um, and honestly, I'm against Warm Heart. I don't you know, think she needs to win this race. Well, I mean, just think, look at the last four or five races, right? It was in Ireland at the Cura, went to the UK, went to Longchamp, Santa Anita, and then to Hong Kong. Now down to Florida. Traveling. That's a lot. That's a lot and, and, and could take a toll on a horse, especially kind of at the, you know, at this point in the season, which is really the beginning, I guess. But she hasn't had a gap. No. Look, from she hasn't April had a breather. To May, no breather. To, May to June to July to August to September, November. So she had a slight, not really a gap because you're traveling to come to the Breeders' Cup, you know, and then it shot in uh, six weeks ago and back here. So that's, there's a lot to ask of a filly that just turned four, facing older, facing older boys, maybe at a distance that's not exactly her best. So at a, at a very short price, too. Yeah, and and you know these are these are kind of favorites you want to beat in, in on days like this because there's a lot of money being thrown around. That horse is going to take a lot of action, and then you know it's like one of those things you you see the results and you're like, man, that horse got beat. How? Um, but it happens all the time, especially in, in in a situation like the Breeders' Cup, for example, where you get these horses that uh, you know come from overseas that that look like world beaters on paper. And then they finish second or third, and you're like, "How did this horse get beat?" And and usually it's it's things like this where the horse has been traveling a lot and so on and so forth. Um, you know, King King Max is definitely on my radar. You know, I'm still stung by that loss on uh, on uh, December 30th uh, by oh, at the main really event. Well. Yeah, who will probably have the run of the race again? Main event. You know. Um, but Cheryl Spite is another one. That that runs hard every time. I I mean, even in that race, we, he he was kind of overmatched in in the Breeders' Cup mile, but still ran well and mm, ran hard bad, yeah. from the rail. Was an ideal spot, uh, ideal draw. You get beat by Master of Seas, Marge, you know, Casa Creed, only by two lengths. Um, I, I, I if I were him out. in this race, I would try to get a little aggressive. Yeah, not yeah. not on the lead, but sit a little closer than normal because. We don't know how far he wants to go. This might be pushing the boundaries of him wanting to get more than a trip. Anyone can get it with a good with the, a good journey. If you sit and you get the jump, that's the type of trip I'd love to see for him if I was someone who backed him in this race. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, it it, it it's kind of tricky because if they don't get aggressive, they're going to be you know kind of against it. Yeah. And, and there's a possibility where they won't be aggressive. So, you know, you got to tread carefully. Even a horse like Catnip can get position early. And, and Dettori, you got really for whatever good. reason, he comes here and he's super aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Me too. I, I think he understands pace of the, of the U.S. game, basically. He does. He's smart. He just gets it. He's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I can he, be speed a, rider. And if they're not going to go, I'm going to go. Sure. Right. 
and and he does it a lot out in California. You you watch him ride day in and day out. And Stevens was doing just, this at the end of his career too when he came back. You know, and and was. there was that's how he was winning a lot of races. Just no one's going to go. Just reading the sure. form basically. Cool. And, and I'll like, go. All right. Right. He he knows this race top to bottom, front to back. You know, up and down. And it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of gets aggressive. Yep. But that also leads me to the idea that this pace might heat up. With a couple um, of these looking at it saying we don't really have much of a, a chance unless we're really close. Right. He, and you know and, and that'll benefit a horse like like integration and web slinger. That's who, who are, I, there we go, web slinger. Yeah, are, are the, like the younger horses in this group, but they they have a distinct style. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think Web Slinger will really be the beneficiary. I I think they have him at like fifteen to one on the morning line. If you get yeah. that price on Web Slinger in this race, I'd take it. Me too. I I have to use him in all exotics. He's now going to go third start off the bench. It looks like he's primed and ready for this race. You know what you're going to get from him. He's always going to show up with a late run. He just needs a little bit of a trip in here, and I think he can get it um, from this post in this race with a a couple possible speeds. Uh, Web Slinger is definitely in the mix for me No idea what we're going to do with integration I I don't think he can win But man, you, I keep watching those races for Jerry And you keep talking about the trip too He, I would not be shocked to see him hit the board again in here Yeah Just trying hard But somebody's a little bit better than him It, It's not It's weird because It's a competitive race but there's not a bunch of overwhelming monsters that scare you. The difference between this guy and his best races and some of the others in here and their best races, it's not that far. And he might be able to take advantage of a trip in here. I, I, I'm going to throw him in at least in some unders because he's honest. He ran him and King Max ran really well last time. They oh, both yeah. did. They both Absolutely. did. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say, I guess, warm heart would be that monster, but you know, given given some of the context of how this horse is coming into this race, absolutely, there's, there's some questions there. And, and she might and, be, but we've not we've picked some I think very valid holes in mm-hmm. her form. And just okay, if she shows up with her best race, is her best race probably better than everybody else's best race? Yep. But we have reasons to think she may not run her best race on Saturday at a short, short price. Yeah, she's gonna get bet down probably about three to five also. And mm-hmm. and you know, these these are the ones like I said, you gotta play hero ball. That's what I call it. You play hero yep. hero ball in in it on days like the Pegasus, on days like uh, you know, um uh, the Derby or the Preakness or any You find any five to two and day. three to one any day of the week. Right. And, and right. This is your chance to get a good horse at a good price. Why not take a shot? That's how that's how you know, big tickets kind of come together is when you use these horses that, you know, people are, are kind of shying away from because they think somebody else is a cinch. And and you might have that situation here on Saturday with Warm Heart where, you, you know, even a tone who's probably going to get overlooked. Last year's winner. Right. Has a good chance. Likes the, likes the turf there at Gulfstream. Uh, his comeback race wasn't anything to write home about in the last on, on December 2nd. But man, this horse could fall into a great trip here. Mm-hmm. Gets Oshin Murphy, um, you know, and, and probably will be a decent price. You get, Remember last you know, year, she uh, he was 
12 to one on the morning line and we, we played him one, right? Yeah. We played him that day. We liked him and we were, yeah. I remember we gave him out for the stable dual horses that we liked. And he ended up going off. I think he, he wasn't favored. Yeah. He was three, just like not even four to one, three eighty. but he was, yeah, he wasn't favored, but he was almost because city man was mm-hmm. favored and Ivar were, yes. or, were just city man on the way outside was the yeah. 12 spot. Yep. And I was like, why are they making this horse the favorite? But you know, that was that's last year's <laughs> Pegasus World Cup turf. We both feel like a fun horse to throw into some of your late exotics in here is Webslinger for sure. That's one that we both mm-hmm. seem to land on that we think will get a nice trip and that fits well and should be a nice price. So if you're looking for a fun horse to include in a pick four or five here, we both think this one will will run well. Webslinger to look at the Pegasus World Cup turf. Let's go to the main event, not the horse we were just talking about in race 12, the <laughs> Pegasus World Cup. And we'll take a quick look at the morning line for this one. Nine to five on National Treasure, the Preakness winner. National Treasure was the runner-up in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. He finished behind Cody's Wish that day. Really good effort. He finished second. He was only beaten a nose. That was by far the best race of his career based on speed figures. And the one thing with National Treasure, he's pretty one-dimensional. He's not really one that wants to sit off the pace and close and pass horses. He really does just want to go to the front end. Oh, yeah. He wants to go to the lead. And, and you know, speed is the weapon. Yep. Um, yeah, this this is a tough race. I mean, again, it's not overwhelming with, with, with star power. I mean, a lot of these horses, a lot of people won't recognize. Um, but man, they're all evenly matched. Yep. Uh, you know, they all have their flaws that, you know, it's kind of like the B team, but they're all on the same plane, which, they, which makes this a great, yes, it makes this a great event to You bet. can see a lot of these horses just winning the race. If it shapes up in different ways. Sure. Absolutely. You know, and I want to start with a horse that, um, doesn't really fit the profile for a Gulfstream Park winner, and that's oh, Buscador. Oh, I knew you were going there. Yes, well, I, I agree. I mean, that cigar mile. If you watched all the races that day at Aqueduct, there was distinct speed bias that day, and nobody was closing. This was the only horse really all day long that closed with any kind of kick, and I think that's going to do this horse a lot of good. Now, where he's going to sit. You know, he's probably going to be far back. And and that's why I kind of have a little pause for that, pause That's here. the concern, right? Is right. the trip. He's going to get the... too far back and then not be able to make up that ground and, and do another second or third place finish. His level, though, the class level, it fits beautifully with this group. Oh, if you yeah. look at horses who he's been facing lately, you just pointed out hoist the gold. Okay, he was chasing a lone speed winner that day on a muddy track. So... Very good effort to finish second. Right before that, he's in the Breeders' Cup Classic against White Barrio in a race. Nobody where, was beating them that day. So. No, and there was just no like. Look at the chart for the race too. There was no passing. White Barrio sat third. Derma mm-hmm. Sotagake sat a couple lengths off, and Arabian Knight set the pace, and they finished first, third, and fourth. The they were in the top three early. The only horse that showed speed and backed up was Saudi Crown, and the other horses that were for the place all stayed. So. Yep. No passing in that race for Senior Buscador in the Breeders' Cup Classic against the best horses there were. In the awesome again, he beats National Treasure. 
He finishes in front of National Treasure. He's third. National Treasure's fourth that day in the awesome again. Um, look, if you were to put White Abario, slow down Andy, defunded Arabian Knight, any of those horses in this race, they're favored. Yeah. Any easily, of them. Easily. And those are the horses who he's getting beat by. He's actually beating National Treasure. You see Cody's Wish there, Proxy, defunded. All of those horses would be favored in this race. Yeah. They're all stronger than who he's been, who he's going to be facing in this race. The biggest question is just, does he get the trip? I think he will. Um, because I you too, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of cat and mouse games going on, on up front. And these horses are going to kind of hook up. I, I think first mission, if they were smart, if their connections were, I, I shouldn't say if they were smart, I should say if they, Think about the race and how it's shaping up. I think they're faster than National Treasure. They could jump the gate and and get in front of that horse and then kind of take National Treasure out of you know kind of the 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 scene. That was you supposed know, to snatch be the, his heart early. The Preakness matchup, remember? Yes, yes. And before he scratched and he was drawn I, to the on the outside. I yeah. liked him that day. We thought he was going to run really well in that race. Yes, and he ended up scratching. But you know, every time this horse gets on the track, he's going to put forth a great effort yep. i don't see that changing me neither. i think he's better he's i think better he's the horse, horse to beat personally he is he is better he's better than national treasure he's going to be forward lead place and there's not much speed here um you know and and then beyond that if you don't think that first mission can really get this trip which there is a question mark there yep um who's the most likely closer at, at a at a decent price you could go trademark with that. That's the you other one go... that I think is worth mentioning. He's super honest and he can get more of a, a trip than Senor Buscador, maybe. Yep. And right? then you got O'Connor and Skippy Longstocking, who are the home team that do run well at this track. And I don't see anything of that, you know, changing. No. I, I know, I know, um, you look at O'Connor, he threw in a couple of clunkers, like, that one last year in this race, he didn't run well. It's kind of unexplained because you see before and after that, he was running excellent. He's been solid. Almost all of the other races make sense. He snuck up the rail last time, which was nice for him to see that he could move mm -hmm. through a tight spot. He got there late. That was probably not the race that he was even all out and right. ready for, right? It was this one for the big, the big effort. I yeah, and, and it may have been just you know one of those fluky things, but I do think that race on October twenty eighth, the Keeneland race, the Fayette. I think that race as a whole is very similar to this one. So you know, I, I expect a really good effort out of O'Connor. If if Skippy Longstocking, I, I just don't like the post very that's much. The, that's the problem. He's so cool though. He but ran well in the Breeders' horse. Cup. Right. He he definitely ran very very well. Um in that Cody's wish national treasure beating him, but he was right there. I, yep. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see that horse throwing in a bad race, although the, the, the trip might get him. Um, what do you do with croupy? I, I really don't know what to do with that horse. He, was, he looks okay. He was impre super um, impressive. Kind of, he seems to me like a, like watching him visually. He has no problem with distances. He's kind of a little quirky himself. He's gotten himself into a little trouble here, but, Certainly ability. Uh, we had mentioned Signator. He was fourth in that race that Krupe won, uh, who has some quality also. The, the, yeah, the real key to the race, which I, I'm expecting to happen, is you just have to assume 
that national treasure and hoist the gold are going to be hooking up early because yeah. hoist the gold was so impressive stretching out. He's been more of a sprinter throughout his career and going long. He just doesn't seem like he's going to want to be passing horses. I think he's got to be there. If I, I, I probably even in front of national treasure. Yeah. And I, and I, there's a chance that uh, Nimitz class will, will from the rail that pressure yep. on those, on those front runners, uh, if not trying to vie for the lead. I mean, what, what, what do you do from that spot? You gotta go, yeah. right? Absolutely. You, same sort of thing. You don't want to be in a race like this with a horse like this and have to come from five lengths out of it when you've never really done that. that right. Why you change don't tactics? Do that. Yeah. No, you want to see, Hey, these are better horses, but we're in this race. Let's, even if we have to ride ourselves aggressively early to stay in it, let's be in the race. Um, yeah, it, it's just not to me really any of any of the three Pegasus races. We could see the favorites win for sure. I think of, of all like this one in particular with just national treasure being the one that was such a, a heavy favorite over the rest of the field. I just, I, I actually like, like you said, I thought first mission was more of the horse to beat because I do think he has a little more versatility. I think there's a little more upside with him too. He's mm -hmm. only made a few starts back yeah, after not, missing all that time. Right. You know, and he hasn't, he doesn't have that many, he's not that weather beaten basically. No, you know, he doesn't have that many miles on him. He nope. hasn't run that many times. So you got to think that he, he, he's got those fresh legs and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be right into the bit early. Um, a horse that probably might get overlooked that that I would give a second look to is Grand Aspen. He ran well um, last time. He's kind of coming into his own, and 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 Pletcher does really well with horses like this. He wouldn't um, be in here if he couldn't be competitive with this group. Pletcher's not going to throw this horse in with a tougher group because there's so many other places he could have put this horse in the race uh, in, in the eleventh race earlier. Yeah, right in the in the Hooper there. And he would have been probably one of the top betting second choices choice, in that race. Probably you know? first or third, second or third choice. Absolutely. And if O'Connor doesn't sneak through the rail, he wins that race. He holds off NY traffic to the outside. He, yeah, I, I don't really knock him at all or anyone who wants to use him. No, it's, I mean, there's not many horses in this race that if they were to win, I'd be shocked. No, and and, and you were pointing it out. They're not the grade ones, but they all are pretty they seem within reach of one another. Yes. They really do. It's it's a, a well-matched group it, with a couple horses who probably give their best. Okay, maybe that is National Treasure and First Mission, but neither one of them is a ta like towers over this field compared to the price. So we give Senor Buscador a big look coming out of those strong, strong races. And there are versions of this race where he gets the trip, he comes rolling, and... You know, he has multiple races that are good enough to win this thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited for Saturday. Like, Me too, pick man. Five, pick six, everything is going to be uh, really, really healthy as far as pools go. And we're just going to be, you know, firing away. And it's, it's going to be like, you know, a little a little throwback. I think I think everybody needed it with, with the thaw out. You know, everybody's trying to get warmer weather going. And Yep. This is going to be a – This is going to be nice. Nice because on Saturday. <laughs> we are going to get some favorites in some races anywhere it's inevitable, but with the size of these fields, there are going to be some races where favorites aren't even short prices because there it's the money will be so spread out and you have tons of betting opportunities throughout the day. One more look at 
the Philly and Mare Turf. Here's the field for that one with Star Fortress, the morning line favorite in there. Then you've got to look at the turf with Warm Heart as the morning line favorite in that one. And the World Cup, you'll have National Treasure and First Mission take a lot of money in this one. Pegasus World Cup PPs, they are up and available. Don't forget that big, big contest, the World Cup Betting Championship, 6,000 entry. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, don't worry. You can actually try to qualify this for a lot less. Wednesday and Thursday at Gulfstream, they have feeders. And on Friday, there's a $1,000 contest. You can enter that one for 1000 and try to win your $6,000 seat out of that or qualify for 80 Barry? What's going on in the world of uh, going in circles and big Mondays? Oh, we're doing our thing. Uh, we, we just had a show yesterday. It's out now. Um, it's, it's one of our longer ones, but we talk a little hoops at the end. And, uh, you know, we talk a little bit of Pegasus. Not, not too much. We kind of just outline the fields a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, every Monday or slash Tuesday, because we tape it on Monday, but it comes out Tuesday, but it's called Big Monday. So. I guess it's confusing, but people, people end up gravitating to it. So that's good. Um, the, the site is up, uh, racinghub.com. Uh, Chuck posted an article the other day. So, you know, we're getting that going. You'll see some more stuff from that, but, uh, you know, you'll see me here and there. I'll be on different podcasts and things like that, but you know, life is good, man, man of the people. And wasn't that a, what, what a line? Cause wasn't that a Pegasus winner a few years ago? Yes, life sir. is good. There we go. Yes, sir. So, uh, bigger fields this time than when it was the life is good. Uh, Nick's go field. Um, fun day of racing. Good luck, everyone. On Saturday, remember DRF has you covered with those past performances. Everything you need to get all ready for that big day. Go to drf.com. If uh, you need any other help throughout the week, shoot me a message. Barry always loves talking to folks out there on social media. He's a man of the people. We wish you the best of luck on Saturday, folks. Well, let's crush it at Gulfstream Park. Always love chatting races with my buddy, Barry. Hopefully we can lead you to a few winners this week on uh, Saturday at Gulfstream Park. Good luck to everyone there. I'll have some more thoughts about Santa Anita racing Friday, Saturday. We'll talk about that coast-to-coast pick five. Make sure to follow on Twitter. It's me, Gino B. And also be ready for that next podcast that comes out. You'll have a ton more on that one. Right now, we get into one of my favorite wrestling events of the year. It's the Royal Rumble. Darren Zocali. Andrew Champagne, Chad Cooper, join me to discuss all the possibilities for this year, the 2024 Royal Rumble. If you're a fan that's a hardcore wrestling fan, you'll enjoy this. If you're someone who only tunes in for some of the big shows, I think you'll really like this because we will discuss all the different wrestlers, if they have a chance, some of the things that they have going on as far as their storylines and their character, kick back and enjoy the 2024 Royal Rumble Roundtable. It is a great time of the year to be a wrestling fan. We are just a few days out from the Royal Rumble, one of the big four events, and really one of the big two events when you think about uh, WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. And I think this one is a lot of people's personal favorites. I'm excited because I got a couple of my best buds around to talk some wrestling with me and to preview this year's Royal Rumble with the round table. You hear Chad Cooper, 
each and every week on this show with this week in wrestling. We've got Andrew Champagne and Darren Zocali here all to chime in about a Royal Rumble show on Saturday that only has four matches carded right now. Two of them are the Rumbles, so we know those will take a long time. But Andrew, as we get started, these are Rumbles that, at least right now on paper, will probably be very lengthy. And one thing they've been doing the last couple of years is they've had like mini matches at the end of the Rumble where you'll have the last two or three go on for 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, that's for sure. And we talked a lot about this in a lengthy pre-production meeting. The fact that, especially with the men's Rumble, there are so many different ways WWE can go in booking this match and setting up a number of things for WrestleMania. There have been a number of years recently where it sort of seemed like a foregone conclusion what they were going to do in the Royal Rumble. There wasn't a lot of intrigue there. You took the pops where you could get them with legends coming back to make surprise appearances and what have you. Here, though, you can make the argument that the argument that there are as many or eight, maybe a couple more people that can win the Royal Rumble and not be a total surprise. I don't know when the last time we've been able to say that was. You may be able to go back to 2018 when Nakamura won it sort of out of nowhere in order to get that kind of a feeling. And by the way, that 2018 Royal Rumble is one of the best ones they've ever produced. So if that's any indication, we're in for a treat on Saturday. There's a lot that's going on, and I'm really excited to be able to talk some shop with you guys. It's been a while. DZ, what throws a real wrench into all of the Royal Rumble plans this year is the possible presence of The Rock. We saw him show back up a few weeks ago. He's always someone that gets teased and talked about with a Roman Reigns feud, but he showed up a few weeks ago. He dropped the bomb and mentioned that he wants to be the head of the table, and we don't know what The Rock's schedule is like. He had another quote today. We're recording on Tuesday night where he said he thought him and Roman Reigns could be the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. If Rock wants in, that could just change any of the long-term booking they've had with a Cody or a Punk or Seth, any any of the pawns on the table. Yeah, they're in a situation this year where they, there's a lot of options. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly in the same boat as Andrew where I, I can't go eight deep and say I, I, I could find eight guys that wouldn't surprise me. I, I think at the end of the day that there's not going to be a, a, a major type of swerve and a logical person is going to win. And The Rock is one of those logical people, not because I think they should do that, but with him coming back to Raw, with the events of today, the announcement that he's been added to the executive board, with his interview, him winning the Rumble has to be considered a possibility. Yeah. Now, the other thing, that has thrown a bit of a monkey wrench, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, as we move forward, is the injury to Seth Rollins. Yeah. Has that changed what the WWE is going to do with this Rumble? Because I would say before The Rock showed up, before the injury to Rollins, we were pretty much all in one of two camps. Either Punk's going to win and face Rollins, and they're going to find a way to get Cody into Roman, or Cody's going to win to face Roman, and we're going to find a way to get Punk versus Rollins. But as we stand here now, we nobody could be assured that Seth Rollins is going to be able to no. wrestle at WrestleMania, despite what he came out and said on Monday Night Raw. So WWE has to be careful now not to book themselves into a corner, and they're going to have to leave themselves with a couple of open-ended possible stories 
And I think we saw a part of that on Monday Night Raw this past week when they brought Punk and Cody together Mm -hmm. to start to head down that road because if Rollins is unable to participate in WrestleMania, that road might have to be started on sooner than they would have liked. So I think they're in a situation where, Gino, they have to leave themselves several different options. How exactly they're going to get there, I'm not 100% sure, but there's some interesting possibilities. Coop, you and I were a little trepidatious on CM Punk's returning to WWE. Obviously, things did not go well for him in AEW. The last time we saw him in a WWE ring was a decade ago. He left with a bad taste in his mouth. He hadn't said anything positive about WWE since. And the WWE is in a really great place right now. We just didn't know if bringing him back into the middle of it was needed. But wow, I will say, so far, two months that we've had, guy hasn't even had a a wrestling match on TV yet. But he has put himself in these really interesting situations with Seth, with Cody, with Drew. He's teased all these future matches and set these things up. And so far, he's been a pretty good soldier. I think he's had some fantastic segments in ring. And he has really made this Royal Rumble very interesting. And he's a major part of it. I think he will have to be one of the last few standing. It would not shock me at all if they want to go the way of just the Cody and Punk there but he teased throwing drew out what do you think so far about how we've seen punk in his couple months and punk now on the road to mania coop it's been pretty surprising plus a five billion dollar uh, <laughs> netflix deal a netflix deal that he he probably helped uh chauffeur in intriguing is the key word here i'm with dz i don't think this is a very deep rumble unless they just shock the world uh, so to speak here, you know, CM Punk is uh, a legitimate superstar who, as you said, you and I both were, well, does WWE really need CM Punk? And they really didn't. All systems were go. And it has just been nothing but 100% pay. It, it, it's been a honeymoon and it, they're, yeah. they're still living that honeymoon. And what we saw on Raw last night with with Cody and Punk. Uh, some people are saying it's cinematic. One of the the best promos of of these two guys, and one of the best segments on Raw that we mm-hmm. that we can remember for a very long time. It's just very very intriguing. But I think we probably can narrow it down to three or four guys here. I, I'm staying away from the Rock, but it's very intriguing here. And Punk definitely is a major player here. So is Drew McIntyre. And, you know, it, it, it goes back to there's some contracts that are up. It is, you know, are we going to see Seth Rollins really give it a go at WrestleMania here in a couple of months? Very intriguing here as we creep up uh, to Saturday in Tampa. It's, it's yeah, it's just not a simple year where some years we would just know coming in. Oh, probably going to be Cody this year. He'll go on. Oh, probably going to be, you know, some years we could sense it was Drew or Seth. This year there are a couple and there are so many different moving pieces on the board that they could very easily go Cody, go, uh, you know, punk, even someone like a drew, if they don't know what's going on with Seth, that's sort of a safe guy they could have 
in a situation there too. Gunther had a great run. I think those would be some of the the guys towards the top of the tier. And since we're already talking about the men's rumble, let's just start right there and go through the men's rumble. We'll talk about the women's rumble. They also have a fatal four-way for the undisputed universal championship, Roman Reigns versus Orton versus AJ Styles versus LA Knight. And we have Logan Paul versus KO for the US title. So that's the card right now. Andrew, what I've done is I've sort of put wrestlers into some categories here. We have eight that have been listed that are entered so far. Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Kofi, Damian Priest. I've got a group of surprises. I've got a group of the current roster and some legends, some NXT possibilities that we can all see. I'm uh, I'm going to roll through and just mention current roster guys because I don't think any of these guys are that sexy or exciting to necessarily talk about. They're all probably a lot of the filler in here. And then we can get through your opinion on uh, on some of the guys that have are on the roster right now that we probably can assume. So I'm going to mention Dom, Finn, J.D. McDonough, you know, the Judgment Day. I'm going to mention the Bloodline, Jimmy, J. Uso, Solo, Sokoa. Those guys... Our uh, truth in the mix too They could have fun segment storylines Just want to mention them all Imperium, Woods, Gable, Otis These None of them are announced Gargano, Ciampa, Miz, Bronson Reed uh, You've got Theory and Walker Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews Jinder, Santos, Sheamus, Butch Tyler Bate, Ricochet, Strowman Do you get one or two Of the wrestlers from that fatal four way That don't get pinned Someone like a AJ or an LA Knight Could they drop out and come into this match Montez uh, and Dawkins Carlito and Ivar Were some of the guys I had on the list Andrew of probably We'll see a bulk of them Filling things up here and there So anyone that I just mentioned On that roster that you Would think has a shot to, to make a Big run to do something interesting First of all If that's the list of Filler guys And that's as bad as it gets This is a good rumble Yeah, there have been a couple rumbles in previous years where you could tell they were scraping the bottom of the barrel for a variety of different reasons. Some guys wind up getting wind up getting hurt. Sometimes it's of contracts coming up. There was the rumble a couple of years ago where they had Cesaro under contract and they just decided not to use him. That was the 2022 rumble, which we should never, ever, ever talk about again for how bad that was. But I am very intrigued by the Judgment Day storyline. Sure. I think we all are. I got to tell you, though, you mentioned Dom, but poor Nick Mysterio just constantly gets <laughs> left out. And that poor guy is getting left out of all of the residuals and everything that's coming from this R-Truth storyline that is absolutely freaking brilliant. R-Truth is R-Truth is 52 years absolutely anything and everything that is asked of that guy. That has been an absolute joy to watch. And while I don't think anybody you've mentioned is winning the Royal Rumble, I do think we get some advancement within the Judgment Day storyline, or at the very least, we get a pretty funny throwaway moment involving our truth and his new friends. So, uh, DZ, of this kind of bulk of guys that haven't been announced that are probably filler, Finn, someone who's had good runs in the Rumble before, he could always be a nice workhorse guy that has a nice long run. The Usos, you know, maybe do we get something set up with them for, for perhaps a WrestleMania match with one of the two of them? Eliminating the other They also um, You know have recently Had Bronson Reed with some video packages 
Uh, Sheamus is a former winner. Those are guys I could see having runs, but I, I don't think of anyone that's not been announced in in the roster. I, I don't think there's someone there that's a winner. No, no, that, I definitely agree with that. I, I think I, I, there was an interview that that I watched from years and years ago uh, with Jay and Jimmy Uso where they talked about how their dream is to wrestle each other at WrestleMania. And I do think we're going to get that. And I think you're going to start that at the rumble. I think there'll be a moment where the two of them will be face to face in the middle of the ring. You'll get a nice pop and, and that story will start. So I do think that we'll get that. I agree with Andrew's sentiments on the judgment day. Either there'll be some advancement with that storyline, or at the very least we'll get, you know, some comedic genius from, from our truth. Um, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting that, you know, it, I, I, it's not something that I would say has gotten lost in the shuffle because he has had his moments um, in the last few months. But with all the stuff going on with Seth and Roman and Cody and Punk, you kind of forget that Priest is still walking around with that briefcase. Absolutely. And I don't know, I, him, him winning the title or a title, just, I don't know how it fits into everything right now. Well, let me stop but, for a second in, in, and I heard a few people say this in total kayfabe, right? Why didn't he go cash it in on Seth on Monday <laughs> last night? Well, yeah, you know, like, that's, he's and, and I think he can't move, you know, like, yeah. That's, and I, and I kind of think I, I was thinking that myself and and I was thinking that I think it's because they genuinely don't know if Rollins is going to make WrestleMania. I completely agree. I think they're and, trying to do is give just buy themselves as much time as possible. Yes, and and I'll and I'll talk about one of the ways I think they could do that also that I think is a really cool twist on the Rumble. But part of it is Priest holding on potentially to that briefcase as an option. I think you're going to hear me say that a lot. It's another option. It's another door that they could open. Uh, Which is a great problem they have this year because some years you don't yeah. have very many options, and this year they have a lot of good ones. Yeah. Now, to be honest with you, I actually thought the opposite prior than the Rollins in, injured prior to the Rollins injury, and I mentioned this kind of tongue in cheek with you guys earlier. If Rollins was fine, I would have seen this as an opportunity when they have this fatal four way with Roman, where he wouldn't have to pin Roman to win mm -hmm. the title, and he would run down when somebody like L.A. Knight. Uh, or Styles was vulnerable, where he thought he could get a cheap pin and make the fatal four-way into a fatal five-way. And that would have been a way to get the briefcase off of him without disrupting the Rollins, Punk, Cody, uh, Roman storylines and kind of put that to bed. But now because of the Rollins injury, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I don't know if because of that, if Damian Priest has a legitimate place in the Royal Rumble. Because um, they may be you know, holding on to him saying, hey, look, we got to keep you right here with this briefcase because if Seth right. can't go, we have to right. push the button on this and it can set up something else. Exactly. And, and and his his place in the Royal Rumble, while it's announced, it's like, well, the guy's got the briefcase. Why does he need to win the Rumble to get a match for? You yeah. Know? You got to go um, put so your body on the line against third, 29 other guys when you already got a, a number one right. contender shot. Exactly. So that's why I, I'm kind of up in the air on that. Uh, there's a, but again, uh, there's a lot, they're giving themselves out and uh, I'm kind of fascinated to see which direction they go with several of them. Coop of this group of the roster guys, uh, judgment day bloodline guys, probably the most intriguing. They've started to give a little push to both uh, to the DIY guys. I, I think it is worth mentioning that they do have a few matches booked for the shows around Royal rumble. 
On Raw on Monday It's going to be Kofi versus Gunther For the IC title We're also going to have Judgment Day versus DIY For the tag team titles We're going to have Jey Uso versus Bronson Reed And then on Friday Night Smackdown We'll have uh, Asuka and Kairi Sane The Kabuki Warriors Versus Katana Chance and Caden Carter For the women's tag titles So instead of making it a really Long rumble card They've put some of these matches on the other shows around so they can really let these rumbles breathe. Um, Coop, any of the other ones mentioned here? Maybe someone like a Montez Ford, right? Like, we always want something for him. He's someone you feel like, could you have a run here? I think last year he came in really late. People were expecting a bigger like, run from him. Same sort of thing when he was in the Elimination Chamber. We, I think we all sort of want to put the cart before the horse with him. But they're getting ready to release the Bianca and Montez show. So maybe they've been waiting to kind of push the button on him. Yeah, there's several intriguing guys uh, that this is a good spot. And we're going to have a couple of Iron Men uh, type performances. I, I think at the end of the day, you can't forget about the bloodline. I, you know, Jay Uso is a guy that's that can probably go. Uh, a very long time uh, as you know Finn Balor the one thing I do commend WWE on and I mentioned this to you uh, last night during Raw and I don't think we've ever seen it during the Vince McMahon era was the the Royal Rumble stats that we were getting shown throughout the night they were Um, awesome for all different people too like all different years it wasn't just that one video where they would show the one video with all the numbers through the it was but coming back from break, you could tell 2012, 2011, this and that. It was it was really um, apparent, right? You could. Now, you now I was Gina. I was disappointed they didn't show Bushwhacker Luke. You know his 1991. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the Warlord. Um, but one stat that I saw that wasn't mentioned on WWE that that I found online was uh, I thought was very intriguing. Only about 50, 51, 52 percent of the winners of the Royal rumble go on and win the WWE world heavyweight title at WrestleMania, as opposed to like 82, 83% of those that hold the briefcase and cash it in. And it so, used to be way more, right? When it, at the it beginning, did. it felt like you went, it was the rumble, almost automatic going on. And yeah, it was Absolutely. autos. It was almost automatic. So I, I think uh, of the ones that you mentioned, no, not really, but I do think we're going to get some Iron Man type performances from the Jey Usos, the Finn Balors. And, and yeah, this look, Damian Priest was in the main event last night at Raw. So was our truth. Um, it's just something that they're clicking on all cylinders with. And it just makes this Royal Rumble even harder, even though I think we can narrow it down to four or five instead of 15 or 20. I I still think it's hard to narrow it down to those exact four and who you think is going to win because there's several wild cards in play. Okay, Andrew, let's go to the guys that have been announced that are not quite the top, top tier, but I could see any of these guys having a nice run in here. You've got Kofi, who they announced last night, and now you you do have a build to a match with him and Gunther on Monday, so we could possibly see some interaction between the two of them. I mentioned Gunther. He was the runner-up last year. He broke the record going an hour and 11 minutes, and man, I want to say, Andrew, because you were dead on when, when Gunther had to change the name from Walter. We were all worried. We've seen so many guys... Have to, or gals have to change their name They sort of lose a little bit of, of Who they were 
and saw Keith Lee going, oh, no, that poor guy. I I thought Gunther would be successful on the main roster, Andrew. I did not know he was as good of a promo and a character that he is now. I never knew that this guy had that in him. I thought wrestling, in-ring, imposing heel, great. We always wondered how WWE would present him and package him. He was standing in the ring last night cutting a promo with Seth, and it was unbelievable the presence that he has. And all he needed to do was just say the right day for the pay-per-view, which is Saturday, not Sunday. But other than that, he was <laughs> he was fantastic. And it's surprising to me, AC, I didn't think he had these chops at, at the acting in the character stuff. The thing about Gunther that I absolutely love goes back to a principle of working as a heel that I believe was coined and popularized by Michael Hayes. And it's a very simple principle. A heel must always believe what they're saying and believe that they're right. Gunther's not doing anything extraordinary. He's not putting forth these insane over-the-top promos. He's acting as the big stiff guy that's going to kick your ass, and you know he can. It's Believe him. very much like a John Wayne movie kind of villain. The, that's the kind of guy you want to square off with at the end because that's where the money is. Now, we should mention there are a couple of sites out there that have betting odds on the Royal Rumble. And first of all, you know, note of caution, these are offshore websites. Be very careful when you do these. But, but as a point of Gunther is the third choice to win the men's Royal Rumble as of this recording on Tuesday night. CM Punk is plus 150. Cody Rhodes is plus 275. Gunther is plus 300. The fourth choice is Randy Orton at plus 600. So someone somewhere thinks Gunther's got a shot to win this thing. I wouldn't be at all surprised except for the fact that it certainly seems like through no fault of his own, he's sort of been shunted down a little bit. What with CM Punk coming in and the rock coming in. But if we are going off of the logic that someone can win the Royal rumble to really elevate them, somebody that could really use it, somebody that you can say, okay, this guy right here is somebody that's really important that we need to pay attention, need to pay attention to moving forward level. Gunther makes a lot of sense most years. I'm just not sure this is the year, but I would love seeing him have the kind of run that he had last year. That was a highlight of last year's rumble which was a very good rumble, I thought, with the exception that once Cody came out at number 30, you knew he was winning. DZ will probably get the Kofi spot. He's kind of he's botched that spot a couple times now the last, <laughs> the last oh few years. He's, get, he's, he's getting guys, too old for it. I know, he is, he is. Um, but man, Gunther, just got to be one of the biggest success stories of the Triple H era, right? Uh, just He's done such a great job with this guy, making him feel like a huge star. No, he has, and and it certainly is is nice that he's brought the intercontinental title back to relevancy because that that title certainly did get lost in in the shuffle for quite a while. Um, he seems to have made it important again. The length of the of the uh, title reign and going past the honky tonk man, you know, I, I really enjoyed all of that. Um, I don't know if I could take him as a serious threat to win, just because. I don't know if he wins and he's got the intercontinental belt and he's going to go to me. I don't know what they do. Yeah. Uh, he, and I, I, don't and I want someone to beat. I, 
maybe they have a plan to have, to raise him up with that IC title and become a challenger. I think it's better to have somebody beat him for that, get a rub off of it, and then elevate yeah. him. You know, yeah, which is which is what they always used to do, with the exception of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, um, you're right. Every Intercontinental title was the guy that was the you know the the best worker who potentially could be a guy to come. You know, Shawn Michaels. The was perfect example would be example. would be when Brett won it the first time and he dropped it yes. to Bulldog and he wins the title up two months, a month and a half later from Flair. You know, right, right, or like something right. like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I. I don't see him winning the Rumble while he holds the Intercontinental title. Now, that being said, because of his presence, because of his placement in the company right now, and because of a lot of the work that he's done, you know, you take him as a serious threat. But I I would be surprised. I, I'm sure that he's one of the, you know, when, when, when Andrew was talking about eight guys, I'm sure he's one of the eight. But see, I, look, is it, a, is it a crazy stretch? No, but I would still be surprised if Gunther won. Yeah, uh, Coop... He sort of feels to me like an after mania challenger or a SummerSlam, like second half of the year. I could see him being in the mix for either of these world titles, depending on who has them. And I think he'll have another great run. And if in, I hope that whoever eliminates him, it's important and they can move forward with that because the rumors for a while have been him and Brock. And I don't know. Like, I mean, I can see that could be good for him, but. And in, in, I don't even and, and it would be nice for Gunther to get that He's he's already kind of a made man Like I don't know if he needs the Brock Lesnar Rub win, it's not going to hurt him But it, it's not necessarily like The guy needs it, He's he's just been Really good, Coop I like him for the reasons That it's obvious That everyone's looking To see him punk Cody Rhodes And The sure. Rock here sure. I, You know, I he was put into that ring on Monday night to cut a promo for a reason, I think, that was too. Awesome. It was you know, great. you know, the, the Sunday reference, and then later on the show, I think Adam Pierce did the same thing. I, I something about a, a, a Sunday title match, but the guy is just imposing, and you and I have been on his uh, you know, his his train for a while now. And would you be disappointed? If he won the Royal, would it be a disappointment if he won the Royal Rumble on Saturday? Because if you don't know, in my opinion, absolutely not. If you don't know what's going on with Seth, right? And like, again, there's so many moving pieces. Let's say The Rock is around and you've got Rock and Roman in one spot. You don't know what's going on with Seth. You can pivot to Cody versus Punk. Those guys just, nobody would be, would have a problem with those two guys having a WrestleMania match after what we just had. And you could have the two of them. Telling a story about how they can't finish the story. You know, that was, <laughs> there, there's so many ways you could go with it. It wouldn't be bad. It, it, he's not another. He's another very interesting option and a guy who they showed you last year how they feel about him having him go all the way with Cody, put him in the ring, tell Seth I'm coming after you, and I, uh, man, I, I love, I love what they've done with Gunther. I think it's been awesome so far. Andrew, the next group of guys, I could see Nakamura, Lashley, good runs. Nakamura's a former winner. If they would have given Nakamura the presentation right now, uh, five years ago, I don't think, I think Nakamura would have been a world champion for sure. The way it's just the timing's been off right now. You can't have him beat, you can't have him beat Rollins, right? Like he's not ready now to win a world title, but five years ago when he won the Rumble, 
he he was. They just didn't really know how to book him when Vince was around quite yet. Vince not knowing how to book a foreign guy. <laughs> I am shocked. Shocked, I say, at that assertion. Nakamura wins the 2018 Royal Rumble. And if you haven't seen that Rumble, I've mentioned it already. It's an all-timer. It is an excellent, excellent rumble with fantastic booking. The crowd is into Shinsuke. Shinsuke says, AJ Styles after the match. Everybody immediately goes, oh my God, they had that tremendous match in Japan. This is going to be great. And that is as good as it got for Shinsuke Nakamura. He's getting rehab pretty well. I like the presentation. I like the presentation. I like the subtitles. With That's a really cool little twist. But while I can see Nakamura and Lashley, maybe one of them being one of the first couple of guys in the match to keep people interested until some of the real heavy hitters come out, I can't buy either of them necessarily as the ones that win this particular match. I mean, I am looking at the odds here on this offshore sports book. Bobby Lashley is plus 6,600. The guy's a star. I really like watching his stuff. The run just haven't been, been doing much with him great. lately either, right? Like he's no, been just... floundering for a while. They have had no actual feud. Maybe something with Karrion Cross and the Authors of Pain, who they just put together. We could see some of those guys in the Rumble, or maybe yep. he crosses paths with one of them. But they put him with the Street Profits, and it was like they had no plan for what yeah, to do. It just seemed shoehorned together, together, right? And as yeah. long as we have been seeing Montez Ford as this breakout star, did we really want to boo the street profits? I don't know. It no. didn't work for me. And also, by the way, since we mentioned Lashley's odds, Nakamura plus 8,000. That guy <laughs> has deserved so much better over the last couple of years. I love the fact that he is getting a little bit of what he deserves now as sort of a redemption project of sorts. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens if someone starts making rain in WWE at any point soon, because you have to think Nakamura, you have to think Nakamura is going to be involved with that law of the, you know, the way things work. But I'd love to see both of these guys get decent runs but I can't see either of them as any sort of potential winners. No, uh, DZ with these two guys, they just, they feel a tier below the top of the card right now. And it's, and it's for a good reason. When you have Punk and Cody coming back and you have someone like The Rock possibly there, that top of the card is really, really strong. I, I would love for them to figure out something to do with Lashley because he feels like one of those guys where you can you can insert him anywhere you want. And it makes sense on either side, baby face, heel, whatever. They just don't really have a plan with him on the opposite side. They've been doing a fantastic job with Nakamura. I think with his vignettes and, and using the subtitles, which is nowadays it's, you know what, let him talk in his own language, let him emphasize and use his facial expressions. And we can read what's up on the screen. I, it's just been bad timing for, for both of these guys. Well, yeah, that that's the key. Uh, it's just, there's just, it, it just doesn't fit right now. Um, do we? Oh, do we get? You know what? Them. I just thought of. Do we get Ricochet come back and set something up with Nakamura? Didn't Nakamura put him out? I could see that. We haven't seen yeah. him around, and that could be like a middle of the card feud. That could be something. I don't even know if that would be a mania match, but maybe the guys are in the elimination chamber together and they can kind of feud off of that. He, he. There's, there's. You feel 
almost bad for Nakamura because he's done such good work. I don't want him to get shuffled way down the card and forgotten about. I hope there's something there for him somewhere just a little lower down. So one of the things we talked about options. So one of the things that WWE needs to ask themselves is, okay, if we find out that Seth can't make it to mania, what do we do? Mm -hmm. We got to get the belt. We got to get the belt off him. How do we, how do we do it? Having him walk out on Raw and say, I did my best, but the doctors won't clear me. Here's your title. Um, I, I don't think you I don't think anybody wants to do that. No. And I think an interesting thing that you could do with Nakamura is you create a story where Seth is supposedly coming out to announce that he's ready for WrestleMania and he's ready for whatever it's going to be. And Nakamura attacks him backstage and destroys the knee and puts him to the sidelines and costs him the title and costs him his WrestleMania match. And you set up a Rollins versus Nakamura thing whenever Rollins comes back and is healthy. I do think that's something that they could potentially do on the back burner to try to figure out a way to finagle the belt mm -hmm. off of Seth and, and, and whatnot. But as far as the rumble itself, it it's just not the right time for him. It's nothing against his character. It's nothing against what they've done with him, which has been excellent. Um, it's just not the right time. Coop. These two with uh, with Lashley with Nakamura, wasn't it? Remember this awful time in the WWE with Bobby Lashley, my main man, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> oh, oh, those, those matches, yeah, yeah kind uh, of almost. No, not 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 really a whole lot to add. Like I said, we didn't know whether to boo or cheer Bobby Lashley over the last couple of months. Then. For a couple of shows, I, he became this massive baby face, and he's with the prophets. He's not with the prophets. Uh, you know, another thing too is, you know, with with injuries, you just never know. And look, there's a reason why we haven't seen CM Punk wrestle every week on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it, you know, you just never know. There's, I'm sure there's several backup plans, but I I don't see Lashley or Shinsuke in either one of these plans. I love what Shinsuke did with Cody, as with you a couple of years ago. If we had this version, yes, world champion. Lashley is just a guy that uh, I agree. I think he could come out there early and do some impressive eliminations and just tossing people around, throwing them over the top rope. Let's stick here with you, Coop. Uh, we'll get to the three that have been announced that I think are probably maybe the three that folks will assume will be around for quite some time. Drew McIntyre first. Man, he he had a tough year or so because Cody kind of took the role that he had you know the company good guy the baby face that's just out here working hard for the fans and Drew kept getting pushed down the card he you know had his match against Roman couldn't beat Roman had his match against Seth had his match against Gunther uh, was in the tag team title picture with Sheamus none of those things worked out for him but he was still around uh, he would kind of be off TV for a little bit at the end of last year, and he's come back. And it seemed initially like he was going to be paired with Judgment Day or a full heel, but he's not really a full heel. I've said this before. He reminds me a lot of the '97 Bret Hart guy who has actually been screwed, but is just whining a little bit too much about how he's been <laughs> screwed. There's nothing that Drew really says that's false. Almost everything he says is is accurate. He's just saying it in kind of a a dick way, right? Other than that, <laughs> he, to me, is one of the best versions of his character 
we've ever seen. But again, he's in a bad, it's a bad time to be towards the top because is Drew McIntyre right now more interesting than Cody or Punk or stuff with The Rock or stuff with Seth and Roman? We've got like five players up towards the top and he's not quite there, which I feel I feel bad for him again because he's doing a great job with the character right now. Yeah, and he's one of the ones he did what? He did win the Rumble in 2020 and he yep. did go on to win the world title. That was COVID year, right? There was yeah. not very many fans or what's great, none the, at all. Think of the dynamic. When he won the Rumble, people were there. Right. And then within the next two months, by the time it hits WrestleMania, nobody's around. So he got a little bit of a taste when he wins the Rumble, but never really got it. They sort of gave him what we thought might have been his moment at the clash at the castle last year, he loses. And then he has to sing with Tyson Fury in the ring afterwards. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, no, but uh, intriguing here because, you know, it, it was announced today that or earlier this week or, or sometime or another that his contract may be coming up for renewal, but call it coincidental. I'm not sure. But since the arrival of Cody and since the arrival of CM Punk, there's a not that these people ever needed it. But there's a lot of people that have stepped up their game. Light a fire. And Drew, Drew McIntyre is one of them. And yes. You can't tell me that he may not be one of the favorites, even though the odds may not say it, to be one of two or three left in Saturday's men's Royal Rumble match. I like him here at these odds. And uh, DZ Punk told him a few weeks ago. I'm going to eliminate you last. <laughs> you know, they say things like that sometimes as a little bit of a tease. And who knows, with with all the murkiness around Seth Rollins, Drew is certainly someone, if they want to put the belt, he's a safe guy to put the belt on, right? Going into Mania that you know that you trust, and you can have somebody else that you want beat him for it. So th- he's a good a good backup plan if they have some in the next few days figure something more out about Seth and or maybe he's a guy that could just like what you were saying with Nakamura you could set something up where Drew gets the belt somehow and then could lose it at Mania but he's a real interesting figure because as Coop mentioned he has really stepped his game up as of late especially in the promo department yeah it like you said I, I think I don't think he's the first choice and and as we're recording, I don't necessarily know if the WWE has decided exactly what they're going to do yet either uh, because of the Rollins injury. So I do think that McIntyre is a contingency possibility for them. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean a contingency possibility to win the Royal Rumble, but maybe a contingency possibility to win a vacant title through the Elimination Chamber or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, I do think there is something that they could do with him. I do think he would have a big spot here. I think an interesting thing, you talked about the possibility of the rumors of Brock and Gunther. I thought it'd be kind of cool to bring Brock back, have Drew go through some kind of a dominating stretch, and have Brock return the favor from the Rumble a few years back where McIntyre came in and eliminated Brock. You could have Brock show up and eliminate Drew, and maybe you could you give yourself the option to have Drew and Brock at Mania again in front of people where Drew gets to go over in that spot. Um, I thought that was an interesting possibility as well. That's not necessarily something connected to a title belt, but I think it's an interesting possibility. But yeah, I, I, for my money, 
he's a contingency possibility, but I, I don't think he's necessarily the favorite to win the Royal Rumble. And uh, Andrew, someone who I was going to mention in a minute as a possible surprise, I could see being someone that interacts with Drew in the Royal Rumble, someone that we like quite a bit, Sami Zayn, who's been out for a little bit because the last time we saw him, Drew put him out and injured him. Sammy could show back up, maybe eliminate Drew, and that could set up a Drew Sammy something moving forward to Mania if they don't have any bigger plans for either one of those two. Yeah, we're discussing a lot of really good ideas involving a really good performer. I just think there are way there are better options than him winning the Rumble as yep. a safety yep. option. Yep. Would I be shocked if that happened? Not necessarily. Would I be against that happening? No. Drew McIntyre is a a really good worker. Some really inspired promos based on everything that's happening around him right now. And hey, that stuff's at its best when it's real and it's simple. And people can identify with somebody that's going through that stuff. But I love that Bret Hart 97 comparison where he's just a little too whiny for as much (laughs) as he's actually accomplished. Uh, You could see that going a bunch of different ways. But I just can't see any of those ways winding up with him winning the Rumble and them having to do something later. I could see them potentially doing something big with him at Elimination Chamber, the next big show, to where he winds up getting his moment and setting something big up down the road. But for now, I just I can't see McIntyre as a potential win possibility, but if they wanted to go down the contingency contingency plan route, because a lot of stuff with the Rollins injury that we still don't know. I'll echo what Darren had mentioned. As we record this, WWE is probably going through plans A through Z, trying yep. to figure out what are we going to do if Rollins can go and is 100%. What do we go if we can? What do we do if Rollins can sort of go? Which is the other big thing because. Yes, we know Seth Rollins wants to work WrestleMania. Everybody does. And if he does, he'll almost certainly be in the main event one of those nights. But if he's 60%, who does that really help? It's a fascinating question. And I feel sort of bad for for McIntyre because he's another that in the year that we thought 2024 was going to be six months ago, McIntyre makes a lot of sense here. But with Punk coming in and Rock Rock potentially coming in, (laughs) I just don't think you can make the justification that McIntyre wins here. So let's save the two big ones, Cody and Punk, for uh, the end. We'll talk and we'll all give a thought on who we think between the two of them. While I have you here, Andrew, you are always fun to talk about some possible legends. Here are some. Oh, here we go. Here are some. Grab your nitroglycerin pills, buddy. (laughs) Okay, so we, we mentioned The Rock. Already obviously he would be a big player Someone who signed a Legends deal and I think is going to be doing video Game stuff is Ken Shamrock he would be Fun he'd get a pop Um, Cena I don't know Where you stack him up Austin We've seen him in the mix the last few years Goldberg Andrew you'll you'll Always love that one but how about The fact that Hulk said last night He still got one in him He's well, got let me tell you something <laughs> about the Royal Rumble, brother. <laughs> and I, can I, I'll way, just say, I'll just say one thing. Party event on his floor yeah. right now. I'll just say one thing about that. If if I were trapped in my vehicle 
following a car accident <laughs> and I looked up and saw Hulk Hogan walking to save me, I would say, Hulkster, thanks. I'll take my chances. I'm good. <laughs> and like we said, you know that he had to have said, you good, brother? <laughs> like, that's what he says. to the. It's like a 60-year-old woman. Everything okay, brother? <laughs> Down there. Like, he just, uh, so, oh, these, man. Uh, Andrew, are there, you know, we, we joked about some of them. Is there any one legend that you think would fit or could come out and get a good pop or anyone that you think right now? I, I've got a third thoughts, and this is actually in the in serious vein here. I'm not going to go further down the road of the Hogan must pose uh, thing here. But the one thing that I, I'll say a couple of things about this. If The Rock shows up, I think he wins. We can talk sure. more about yeah. that when we start talking about Punk and Rhodes. If Rock shows up, he's not showing up to lose. Uh, he is plus 700 right now in the betting. That is co-fifth choice. I think that's an outstanding value because you're really getting plus 700 on whether or not he shows up. Yeah. Um, question for you. Are we considering Big E a legend? Yeah, I, I have him on a surprise. Um, okay. On, on the next list. Cause he, that's yeah. going to be interesting because the vibe I got from the segment on Monday where New Day came out of the crowd to attack members of Imperium is there's two of there's two of them. They're them. Who's going to be the third? Oh, God. And if that winds up being the case, I think there's a lot of fun things that you can do with Big E, who I think is one of the few guys in wrestling you can say this about. Everyone is rooting for that guy. Absolutely. Everybody. And, and you could put healthy. him right into a spot with Gunther, right? Yes. I mean, if, if he's physically ready and that fits yeah. and then you could have him show up, they could eliminate, they could tease that. They could have a, a match at elimination chamber with six man tag with those three and then set something up. If you don't have Gunther elevated and maybe that's how you get the IC title off of him and you can have him move up after mania. You know? Yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of fun things you can do there. Personally, I can tell you what I would do, and I'm shocked we haven't seen this more than once. I would mark out if this happened. Put Woods at one and put Kofi at two. Yeah. Have them tease so much dissension to where they're legitimately angry at each other until you get to about six or seven, and then six or seven is Big E, who comes out broker's piece. We get the big hug moment. And then number seven or eight is some big monster that starts throwing things out and you reset everything. That would be a really cool moment. And I'm stunned that they have never reused that demolition spot with anybody else because it is such an easy thing to get a reaction with. Do we get the, we got the demolition once and the Steiners once. I think we did get the Steiners once. Wow. Some of those rumbles back in the early to mid nineties. But, but you're right. We haven't gotten really, really bad. It's much recently, you know, and that's no. a, and that's a fun one for those two guys that people would get behind and uh, and have fun. And then, yeah, like you said, if Big E is a surprise somewhere, that would be an absolute blast. DZ, I will mention uh, some others that I had jotted down in the surprise category. Uh, Big E was in there with Sammy, with Rey Mysterio, with Brock Lesnar, all possibilities. And then someone like a Matt Cardona, who his wife now, Chelsea, is in the mix. He's done a really good job on the independent scene. Uh, Jake Paul, brother of Logan Paul, and uh, then another section, Okada, MJF, Andrade, worth mentioning them, 
Uh, and then someone like Nick Aldis I had on the mix too. Do you see someone like him or even a Corey Graves who was cleared medically, but we haven't seen Corey Graves back in the ring of the legends of surprises. Any of those intriguing to you think they could have a nice run or anyone I didn't mention at all that you think could show up or could at least have a good run in this or maybe be a player come WrestleMania season. I'll, I'll not only give you a surprise. I'll tell you what number he comes in at. Comes in at number 10. Oh, there you go. Ty Dillinger. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I like that one. And, and that's a good Rumble surprise, right? Yep. That would be a, per, a great one. People would pop. People would love it. I like that one a lot. That's a good one. That's a really good yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one that I had at the top of my list. Uh, I don't I don't know if you, you're not going to get any. I don't think you're going to get. I mean, Big E would be really cool. You're, there, there's not like an edge return coming no. this year no. that's going to knock you. But but. But I don't think that's what this year is going to necessarily be about. So I, I, I think when you have Royal Rumbles that have so many cool stories like this year, you don't really need that. No, you and don't you have, need the, you know, le- the as many of the legends and surprises. And honestly, I was even going to say, I only have like three or four guys from NXT written down. Right. I don't think they need that many. Carmelo, no. Braun, Dragunov are guys that I yep. could see. And that's about it. Yeah, like, and and I think it's because of the type of year it is. You know, the year that um, that Edge came back, I believe, was the year that McIntyre won. Correct, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So like that, like that year, there was like two guys that we thought could possibly win the Rumble, and then Edge comes back, and it's not just getting the monster pop, but it's like, oh wow, maybe Edge could actually win this Rumble. Sure, because he's already done that before. I don't see that being necessary this year, so I don't think you're getting the monster name. But a couple of the guys that you mentioned is good. And I think if, you know, Sean Spears slash Ty Dillinger came out of 10, I thought that'd be a pretty cool twist. Yeah, Coop. Uh, how about, oh, Coop, what about for Cody? QT Marshall. There we go. <laughs> he could he could show up in the Rumble. Uh, one of Andrew's favorites, He you know what? He would actually get a good pop. Hey, everybody, it's Tyler. Breeze would get a, a, a pop and would be just like a fun guy in, in the Rumble here. Um, yeah, any of those surprises, legends, NXT? That are on your mind, Coop. Nah, just, you know, are we finally going to see a Braun Breaker? You know, finally in a, you know, a, a big WWE type match. Uh, Him and Corbin have done a good job with that tag it, team recently, man. It's, it's been funny. fun. Funny. It, yeah. it has been fun. I, I think I think Cena is a very good possibility. He's making the rounds. He was on uh, Logan Paul today. They they had a fun exchange. Um I, you know, I, I'm in agree- said, do you think do you think Rock had the line <laughs> about being the head of the table written on his hand? And that was, was like, pretty oh. good. <laughs> that was good. I think a lot of people say, well, you know, the Rock statement is true. He's at the ha- one of the heads of the table for TKO now. So, uh, you know, his is re- it's reality. I, I think Cena is in it. I'm in agreement here. I think the Rock is in this match. He's your winner. So, uh, Andrew, let's move on to the big two. Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, I think for most people, it's a two-horse race between one of these two winning it and then what they're going to do moving forward. What I, I'm actually a little surprised. I thought when they had their standoff, I thought Cody being the good goody would say, I'm going to be number one. And that Punk would have said, okay, I'll be two. But I do think there that would have taken away the moment when one of them is in the ring and the other's music hits, which could be a really fun moment. So a couple of things before we start. First of all, we were talking about surprises. I've got another one potentially that would at least be good for a pop. Could Pat McAfee show up? Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would work. Absolutely. And I mean, with as much too, buzz right? as that guy has had lately for some very questionable reasons, that's the type of thing WWE loves to capitalize on, right? I wouldn't be shocked to see him there. Yeah, bad Especially bunny. today. Maybe Aaron, maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers will walk him down to the <laughs> ring. Walk him down. I was going to say, Rodgers <laughs> was a with tweet. Like a, with like there was an, a tweet an, today. Triple H, shirt or something. Oh, what, what was the tweet? Uh, he he said, uh, Pat McAfee, you're part of this. Don't don't you're not going anywhere or something like that. So I could see him definitely <laughs> taking spot. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that good. Um, so going back to the Punk Roads thing, first of all, that segment on Monday was aces. Uh, gee, you give two guys a microphone and you just let them talk. Shocker. That works. But this is a big but here. OK, first, let's talk about Cody. The fact that 10 months after WrestleMania and night after WrestleMania booking that would have killed about 80 to 85 percent of great point. Guys, and I'm glad you're mentioning it right now. That is a testament to a how good Cody Rhodes is and b how dedicated they have been to rehabbing his image after what happened, what yep. happened. Because no, you were very much in the camp of Roman's got to go over here. Roman's got to go over here. And we did a panel afterwards where you were basically dancing on the table. That's how happy you were. But then the night after WrestleMania happens and it becomes abundantly clear, they had no plan. And it was just basically a total waste of a lot of momentum that they've somehow built back up. I don't know how they did it in such a way to where a year later, Cody Rhodes is still credible and maybe even more so than he was nine, 10 months ago. Good on him. I like Cody a lot. You know, there's a butt coming here. <laughs> I can't I like, do, I like big butts. I cannot lie. <laughs> I can't do. I have to finish the story story again. And I think if you're going to put Cody in a main event match at WrestleMania, which, hey, you've got every right to do that. The guy has shown he can carry the ball in that spot. I think you go a different way with it than having him win the Royal Rumble for a second consecutive year. With Punk, the guy doesn't need it. I feel like, yes, he'd be a logical winner, but I don't think he needs it. I think if you're going to do something like using the Royal Rumble to set up a Mania main event, you have the Rumble to set up whoever it is is going to face Roman, and we're thinking that's The Rock. And you wind up doing something a lot more story-driven with with CM Punk, with Cody Rhodes, with Seth Rollins, if you have him. And you want and you wind up using the next to build that up as opposed to saying one of those guys is going to WrestleMania. I wouldn't be shocked if one of those guys was your winner, but I just think there's a better story to be told than one of those guys wins the Royal Rumble and punches his ticket to WrestleMania, where we know both of those guys are going to have big time spots anyway, regardless of what happens with the Rumble. So if either of them wins, I'm not going to complain I just think it makes way more sense to have Rock go over if the plan is Rock is coming back for Mania. Map it out for us, DZ. How do you think it plays out? Well, let me let me start with this because it's correct in what he says and if the Rock is supposed to face Roman. Let me pose this question. With the current state of where we are, let's say that 
Rock is not facing Roman at WrestleMania for whatever reason. Let's say that schedule, it's, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. It, it's W. Let's just say at this very moment, WWE has a plan for it to happen, but it's not going to happen at WrestleMania. And you have Rollins walking around on a bad leg that you don't know. How would you book the fight? How would you book the Royal Rumble? Who wins? That's a very good question. And yeah. in that instance, yeah, you probably go the punk roads route and be safe. That's well, something well. that I'm just, you read the tea leaves with rock coming back a couple weeks ago, talking about sitting oh, at the right, head of the table. Right, right. You, you see rock as on the board of directors at TKO. Right. Well, didn't even, and even the line that punk had, which I thought was funny. And, and he said, Cody, there's going to be a bigger star that comes back to take your place. That was the next <laughs> And it's going to be me. You know, he said him, but it could be The Rock. Well, let me let me pose this scenario. So let's say Rock is not facing Roman, okay? Because I said that there's options, and the and the Rollins injury has certainly made things interesting. You mentioned the two horse race before, Gino. How about a dead heat? Do they go back the ninety four, the Luger, the Luger Brett, something you along those yourself, lines? So you leave yourself options. If it's I've a got dead a question heat. before we go any further. Yeah. If you do the Batista Cena finish, who runs out and tears both quads? Both. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Shane, Shane Elmack. <laughs> but he already did it. Yeah. But, here, but here's here's the thought. Here's the thought process. So you leave yourself open that one of them, probably Punk, could face Rollins if he could go. Mm -hmm. If Rollins can't go, you get they Roman. have a match even or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, you could do you could do one of two things. You can have a punk Cody match on Saturday and the winner faces Roman on Sunday. Yeah. Or you could have Roman or whomever. You well, you you could have punk Roman on Saturday and the winner faces Cody on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And you give because here's the thing that's interesting about all of this. Number one, punk story is main eventing WrestleMania. Punk's already been the world champ, right? Right. I, he doesn't need to win it again. I think for Punk, it's just being in that spot again for him, being right. elevated there, closing the show on Mania. For Cody, he's got to win the title. That's his story. He has to win right. it. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot. And, and we even, you know, we talked about this before the show, but if in any way they want to have Rock versus Roman without the title, and well, that see, have, that's something. See, that's, that's where the Randy that, Orton win, right? Could come right, in. and that's something that I thought until the Rollins injury was possible, and I and I'll say why. I really because with Rollins' uncertainty, do you really want to book something where it's possible that neither Roman or Seth are defending a title at WrestleMania right now? No, that you're gonna have that much change no. in the next two months. You don't want to do that after all you've been through. So I don't think I think that the uh, the chance of Roman dropping this belt before Mania I think went out the window. Yeah. Oh yeah, zero point zero percent. I agree. Yeah, I think that's completely gone out the window. Even if somebody in a room in Mania said in WWE said the Mania match between Roman and Rock doesn't need a belt, I I, I agree with that until the Rollins injury, and now I think you're, you, that 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 ship has sailed. So mm -hmm. look. But the question then becomes, if you're WWE and Rock wins the Rumble to face Roman, what are you doing with the other belt? Like, yeah. like you're going to be in this state of flux where you got to come up with, okay, we're going to give Rollins until the week before Elimination Chamber. 
if he can't, if we can't know for sure by then, they got to put the belt, the belt in the we're chamber. Taking the belt off and put him in the chamber, or or do you do something even crazier? Do you let it go longer? And and if he can't do it, you take the belt and you do a tournament leading up to a match at Mania. I don't know. I don't know. And it's a lot of intriguing possibilities right now. DZ, if I give you one one pick, who are you calling for the Rumble winner? Man, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Punk only because of this. Um, I don't think Cody's going back to back. I don't think you could have Cody win the Rumble and not face Roman at WrestleMania because if Cody wins, the Rock Roman is not WrestleMania on. is not on. Yeah. So if Cody wins, you uh, that that's why it's so hard to answer because it's like if they know that Rock, that Rock Roman isn't happening, then Cody's a logical winner. But I can't I can't go that route. I would think it would be awesome if you could do something where Punk wins and he comes out either on Raw or SmackDown and Cody comes out with him and he goes, you know, says something like, you know, you think he's going to pick Rollins, right? You think he's going to say, I'm going to challenge Seth Rollins. But he looks at Cody in the face and he says something like, you had your chance. I'm finishing the story. I've got Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And you get the look at of Cody's like face like, oh, you fuck you yeah you know, that kind of thing i think that would be awesome and then then you could you could swerve and and figure out a way out of it at some point possibly but, but i think that would be a cool story and that builds even more between punk and cody exactly forward exactly. when that inevitable match is yeah. going to be awesome so coop you you told us a minute ago you you thought rock if he shows up he's definitely going to win uh between cody between punk what do you think for the stories? Does it make the most sense for one or the other to win? Kind of give a, a few thoughts on these two. Yeah, I hate to be the the chalk guy here and follow up, but I, you know, CM Punk was brought in for a reason. Uh, I think he wins this. If The Rock's not in it, which I, I don't know if he needs to be in it, but if he is, you know, so be it. They're they're on fire this week. Who knows what else they're going to announce or do? Um, CM Punk winning this adds a lot of, uh, lot of business to the table come WrestleMania season. I, I don't think Roman's losing this title anywhere soon. I, you know, I, I don't see him Roman working two nights at WrestleMania. I don't know what their plans are to what night, who's going to work, who, and who's going to headline. I, I agree. I don't see Cody winning back to back. I know it's happened. I know Shawn Michaels has done it. Uh, I just don't see Cody Rhodes winning back to back rumbles. And I think this is CM Punk's to lose. Yeah. I, really I, quick before we move on, guys, the, the one thing that I will say, and this is in response to something DZ mentioned about the dead heat scenario where, you know, you do a two night setup on WrestleMania to determine that you've already survived Cody Rhodes losing a main event at WrestleMania once. And it was an absolute miracle. Do you want to tempt fate and do that again? Well, maybe he doesn't lose. Yeah, exactly. That's that the would, thing. Yeah. Whatever it is maybe you do. What's, what, better, what's better than just beating Roman last year? Oh, he beat Punk and Roman? Yeah. yeah. By, the, by the way, DZ, I love your attitude because last year it was former AEW guy gets stomped on the main stage. <laughs> And now the story makes sense. Well, wait, 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 wait. Let, 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 let's just go back, okay? What what my contention was that Cody came back from injury 
hadn't quite and earned he it. Came in, and he came in at 30, and I thought it was just too quick. That was my that was my objection. Yeah. And if now he had a, if Cody had a full run that year, like I would have did no this last problem. year. I would have had if Cody, if Cody goes over Roman clean as a sheet, I got no problem this year. And are there any disappointments that you would be disappointed disappointed yes. if they won? Yeah, if Res- if WrestleMania ends with Damian Priest holding up a belt, yeah. I would be <laughs> yeah. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> If, the Rollins, uh, the Rollins heist of the century 2.0 would leave me very disappointed. <laughs> yes. I feel like with the, with the rock Cody punk, they're all very logical. If any one of the three of them won, they all would make sense. And I don't think anybody would really be upset with any of them. I we sold on from LA night. I, I yeah. Just, Sorry. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, and I, and I will mention, man, the guy's had a great year, and he's elevated himself, and he has moved up the card. I think the plan for him is is depending on what happens in the U.S. title match. Because I, I think that's sort of been something that was planned for him and Logan Paul, maybe for a Mania match, if Logan still holds on to it. We could quickly mention that. Uh, what do you guys think, Andrew, KO versus Logan Paul? These two guys could have a hell of a match, and if they want to take the title off of Logan Paul— with Roman on SmackDown and not being around quite as much, KO is the type of guy that's, that's a workhorse that you could have carry in the U.S. title and have some fun matches on TV over the next few months. Yeah, you could do that, but by extension, I don't know if KO having that title into WrestleMania moves the needle as much as I Logan agree. Paul having the title. And yeah. by the way, can we talk about the fact that Logan Paul has had what six or seven professional matches, if that, and the guy gets it more than just about anybody that has ever done it with that little bit of experience. The guy, the guy just gets professional. Say what you will about him as a person or his YouTube videos or anything like that. The guy gets the business, and this is going to be a really fun match because you know KO is going to lean into a lot of that stuff. He's a fantastic worker. I feel a little bit bad for KO because he's gone from main eventing a night of WrestleMania with his best friend against the Usos to, I don't want to say jerking the curtain because the guy's had a decent year, but it certainly seems like he's gone down a couple of pegs. And that makes me feel a little bit bad for him because he's a guy that I thought at various junctures deserved a little bit better than he's gotten. But this match is going to rule. It's going to be a lot of fun. DZ, while we're talking about all the uh, the men on the Rumble side, let's hit this U.S. title match. you think we get a, a title change here, or do you think Logan Paul goes into Mania as the champ? No, I think Logan Paul absolutely goes into Mania as a champ. The guy, the guy's a show. His matches, you know, listen, do I like the guy personally? I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Paul brothers. I, their content annoys the hell out of me and blah, blah, blah. But I have to give credit where the credit's due. For the guy to, I, I mean, for the guy to come in, and and have the matches that he's had and and the take it the seriously. Spots. Yeah, the yeah, take it seriously. Yeah. The spots that he's had, the training that obviously he's gone through. Um, you can make an argument that I can't think of a guy, and there's been guys that show up like you know, Bad Bunny showed up and it was and it was awesome. Like, yo, oh my god, how is this guy doing this? You know, and stuff like that. I can make an argument that Logan Paul has been the most impressive guy to come from off the street into a 100%. wrestling ring that I've 
that I've ever seen. I, I don't um, think you're, you're even yeah. off base there at all. Yeah. So I have to give credit where credit's due. And I think you absolutely want Logan Paul with that title at WrestleMania. Um, wherever it ends up, whoever he ends up, you know, going against the mania, you know, LA Knight certainly would be cool. I think LA Knight winning a title at mania would be awesome. If it and that's, come and that's that. where he should be slotted, right? He's not yes. quite on the level with the stars that have come in. His in-ring work is not quite on that level, but as far as being over with the crowd, the guys right. improve and he's improved all of his work this year because these are the biggest spots he's ever been in. He was in matches with Roman Reigns. He was closing the show with Cena in tag matches. Yep. So for, you know, sometimes you give someone a spot and they can't run with it. He did. He's done a really good job. Does that mean he needs yeah. to be the number one champ in the company? No. U.S. title would be a perfect spot for him. No, it would. It would. It keeps him relevant. Um, you know, you still get him in a, in a, in a prime spot on, on a weekly show. You get a good pop at Mania. It's just, there's just too much firepower at the top of the card mm -hmm. right now for him. And Absolutely. that's okay. That's, that, that's not a knock against him. No, it you just know, makes the card that much stronger when a few months exactly. ago he was that, that over. And now it's not by his fault that he's not. It's just Punk, Rock, Cody. Like, sorry, these are yeah. some of the, the all-time big stars, you know? Yeah, 100%. But I, I think he'll be in a good spot in Mania if they put him with Logan. I hope that's where... This heads, uh, but yeah, I, I got back to the question. I, I'm 100% certain that Logan Paul retains. Coop, what about you, Logan KO? This is a lock. Logan wins, right? It, it, isn't it crazy that I mean, of course, WWE is, is the standard, but we're talking about you know Kevin Owens doesn't need he, he it doesn't move the needle for him to win to win this United States Championship uh, to head into WrestleMania. It just goes to show you this. The fire that uh, the WWE is just on fire right now with talent. Um, I, I I don't know if this match opens the show. I, I would think maybe the women's Royal Rumble maybe opens the show, uh, but this is definitely going to be a fun match. Uh, I, I and I agree. I kind of feel sorry a little bit for Kevin Owens. He's one of my favorites. Um, I think we get a heel turn from him coming up soon. I think we see him in a heel program in, in Mania with somebody. Could be Sami Zayn, but I like LA Knight and uh, Logan Paul going into WrestleMania. That'd be fun. Let's move on over and talk about the Women's Royal Rumble match. We've only had four women announced for the match <laughs> so far. Honestly, though, of the four, they all seem like pretty heavy hitters. Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky, Bianca. So... I'll start, Andrew, and I'll go through kind of, again, the current roster. I expect to see some of these ladies in the mix. Asuka, Kyrie, Chelsea Green, Piper, Ivy Nile, Maxine, Valhalla, Shayna, Zoe, Alba, Isla, Indy, Candice, Mia Yim, Shotzi, Zelina Vega, Tegan Knox, Natty, Zia Lee. Don't forget Charlotte and Cora Jade are injured, so we won't likely be seeing either one of them show up in here. So as far as current roster of those, I mean, we have a former winner in Asuka. Kyrie is someone who's had big moments. Zelina's had, you know, she had a, a title match earlier this year, and she's someone that, you know, you could see they like. We thought Shayna was a lock to be a huge star a few years back, and there's something about Chelsea. She's a great character. I don't think she's someone who would win the Rumble, but if you tell me one of these years she gets a Money in the Bank, a Money in the Bank briefcase toss because she would be really funny with it as the whole gimmick, that wouldn't shock me. 
uh, of these ones I mentioned on the roster, you think any of them have a nice run? Any possibilities there? I mean, I'm partial to Asuka just because I've always been a gigantic fan of hers and her work. Having said that, uh, the the way that you guys felt about the men's Royal Rumble only having a couple of possible winners, that's how I feel about the women's. I think this is pretty obvious, and we're going to go obvious, and we're going to go into prop favorite for that. Having said that, a lot of these women can really work. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing a couple of potential surprises that are in the works that I think we'll mention here. Asuka, I think, is going to be one of the ones that has a really long run. Although, one thing I have noticed in the Women's Royal Rumble matches, and this isn't necessarily a knock, it's just they're a bit more slower paced than the men's rumbles. You see a lot of times in some of these women's rumbles, People start piling up on top the of middle each part. other. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a little bit slower paced and that's not necessarily a terrible thing. It's just, it's a difference in pacing versus what the men are able to do where you wind up seeing, you know, somebody really wind up and clear the ring. And there are a couple of powerhouses that I am sure we will see with a clear the ring spot. Maybe Piper gets one. Piper gets one of those spots. I feel like cool thing to see. We know Nia Jax is probably getting one of those spots because let's be honest, she's always going to get those spots in women's Royal Rumble matches. But as far as the people you mentioned, do I think any of those could potentially win the Rumble? No. A couple of nice long runs, probably though. DZ, only four mentioned, and uh, I went through another group about 10 or 15. And then we never really know with, the women in this particular show, neither one of the women's champs has a match carded. So for some reason, could you possibly see like an EO or a Rhea show up in here uh, of those on the roster? Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about that. If they're not in a match, you would think, but I mean, you're going to throw it. You're going to have a champion get eliminated from the Royal Rumble like that. And maybe and maybe that's how you you. You Set could up a see match. that for Rhea because that would yeah. be a way to not have her get pinned. You could see her frustrated, pissed off that someone eliminated her. And that that could be, you know, but it is interesting that neither one of them have a, a title match on the card. No, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, you know, they're, they're doing stuff with, with Becky and Nia right now that, you know, I'm kind of curious where that goes. But in terms of the, the names that you went through, you know, you might get an Oscar run and 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 a nice little long, uh, you know, a, a long stretch here. But yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Andrew. Where I'm gonna be honest with you, the women's division right now has me a little flat. Um, it, and I well, don't because it's it's weird because Rhea is over for sure, no doubt oh, yeah, about it. Is. Big star, yeah. but they've uh, Chad. We've kind of talked about this, right? They've booked Rhea so and not even booked her, but she's just gotten over at such a high level. That it feels like she's above so much of the women's rosters in ring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who's, who's, uh, what if Becky goes over on her? They're going, I don't know. There may be one town or two, but I, I mean, who's going to get a pop for that? Because she is, I mean, she's the star in the women's division right now. She's definitely over. I, I yeah, of the ones that I mentioned, I'd, uh, you know, maybe we get a Zelina run. Natty could be a veteran in the ring for a little while, but I, there was no one there. That was that I Oscar and Kyrie. As long as Chelsea is not like eliminated within five seconds, break like her, breaks second, her record from last year. Road, that's she's going to break a record from last year. Isn't she? <laughs> that's her gimmick. Oh, brother. Um, Andrew for legends with the, the women. We've seen the Bellas 
Trish and Lita were a big part of the roster last year. Um, Rhonda is someone. Do we? Who knows what's going on with her? Michelle McCool uh, is already rumored to be there. She's had some good showings in the Rumble. You can see it's like, I think it's one thing that she looks forward to every year. Probably gets in shape and then comes out here, uh, Mrs. Taker. Uh, Molly Holly Streets <laughs> were also ones I wanted to mention. It is fun seeing some of these, uh, the women in particular, because when you see them, it's always amazing how some of them look even more incredible now than they did like 10 years ago. You know, we'll see Kelly Kelly show up every now and then. It's like, what? Oh my God. And um, even McMauley, some of them look like they don't age at all. Trish is incredible. Um, so it is fun to see some of them come back when we haven't seen them in quite some time. Any other legends or uh, possibilities on your mind? Well, speaking of incredible after several years away, do we get a Maurice sighting? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be nice. That would be nice. And, and that would fit too. I would know? have that, no that, objection that actually, to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, that that I think would be pretty cool. Michelle McCool will be in every single women's Royal Rumble for as long as she wants to be for obvious reasons. No complaints about that. She's a decent worker, but there's other stuff at play. Let's just be realistic about that. But yeah, there's any number of directions they can possibly go there. I think you might see a couple of NXT people take some of those slots. I don't necessarily think you're going to wind up seeing too many legend spots there because the NXT women's division has a couple of workers that I'm pretty sure they're going for to sure, right? sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would bank on a few in NXT DZ. I'm thinking, you know, Tiffany Stratton, Roxanne mm-hmm. Perez, Fallon Henley yep. uh, could definitely be in the mix. Nikita the Lyons. The new GM as of tonight, Ava. too. A- yeah. Ava. Oh, yeah. A- uh, we got Ava, Blair Davenport. Talk about nepotism, right? The Rockets on the board of directors and somebody's <laughs> now the new NXT general manager. <laughs> Didn't take long, did it? No, not long at all. Um, hey, I know she just had a baby, like, in what, October, November. Wouldn't this be a good spot to see Alexa Bliss come yeah, back for yeah, them? I, I have Alexa in that next tier of surprises. Uh, I've got, like, about 10 on the list with Alexa that I think could be also some surprises. Um, pretty pretty sure, though, we'll see someone like a Tiffany. Right, DZ? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would be surprised if we didn't. Yeah. she She's great. And, Coop, you and I, uh, we recap NXT every week. I think it's pretty safe to say some of them, they could even do something with the Ariana Grace gimmick, you know, with, I can see them <laughs> yeah. doing that Santino's daughter. Cause she has a funny character. Uh, but I would Tiffany Roxanne for sure. Probably Fallon. Like they all feel like they're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, as DZ said, you know, the women's division is kind of flat. I, I tell you NXT women's division is not, no, um, they're strong right uh, now. A- after tonight, they dominated this two hours of NXT, uh uh tonight no tiffany stratton for sure uh though it won't happen wouldn't that be a great story to see like a tiffany stratton come in and be maybe two or three left at the end she should be uh, early I, you in know last th- a long way because she is her, like one that. of the things that'll get her over is she's physically impressive in ring right she's yes. got the character down which is great but she's not just like how Mandy Rose was at the beginning, she can go and do some stuff in ring. Mandy got a lot better as well, but Tiffany's got both. Like that's inevitably she'll be a baby face one day because she can go so well in ring. I think people will get behind her and she can, they can just kind of turn the mean girl thing and she can just talk trash to other heels and it'll, it'll play well. But I, I'm 
expecting her to have a good run in here. I really am. Let's go surprises now. AC on this list, which I actually think there are some really fun, intriguing surprises that could, I don't know about win, but could be very, very competitive. You have from kind of from the bottom up, Tamina, Brandy Rhodes, uh, you mentioned Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Dakota, if she's uh, able to go, Raquel, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, Naomi, AJ Lee, Julia, Sasha Banks, and then Jade Cargill. I expect to see some of them on there. And if you, mm-hmm. Naomi just finished up with TNA recently, Liv Morgan, she's been out. Uh, smoking a little gonge here and there, but you know she might be back. And ready to go. <laughs> she might be back, and ready to go here. And Liv had a long run last year. I don't think she wins, but she's someone who's got a built-in history and feud with Rhea Ripley. Also, she could be someone that kind of has a surprise, gets a big pop, and has a long run. Yeah, you mentioned the two that are pro- two that are probable. Nay kept secret in wrestling. We know she's headed back there, and for good reason. She's going to be a lot of fun to watch. She's had a couple of the Kofi spots where it seemed improbable, but she's managed to get her way back into the ring. That'd be a really fun way to reintroduce her to WWE. Liv had been hurt. Then she wound up getting arrested. Initially, there were felony charges in there, which, thanks, Florida, really appreciate that. But she appears to be on the right side of that, moving away from that. So really hope that she's healthy and that she's able to come back. You mentioned a couple of others. We've talked about the Royal Rumble odds a couple of different times. As of this recording... Jade Cargill is the plus 300 third choice to win the women's Royal Rumble. I find that absolutely, absolutely insane. That I think is going to be a big, big star down the road. When she was working for AEW, the comparison that I used was female Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. A plus a good one. on the star quality Knew instantly how to carry herself In a way that some people never learn When you saw her come in You wanted to pay attention to see what she was going to do She just needed to learn how to work And she wasn't going to reach her potential as a worker Working maybe one match a week for AEW Because they didn't run house shows So now she's in an environment where she's going to get better as a worker. And if this is the 2025 Women's Royal Rumble, I back her for that. The fact that she is the third choice in this wagering stuns me. Absolutely stuns me. Me too. I I mean, she could have a run. She could could eliminate a few people and look impressive. But Andrew, I think, I think, and this goes to my point, I think that's more of a product of, there being so few possible winners on the women's mm-hmm. side yeah. that by by default, people are just looking at her and going, well, if it's not one of these top two choices, who else could it be? Oh, maybe the new girl. That's yeah. kind of the, I think that's entirely kind of possible. But by that token, Bianca Belair is having a television series started and she's at plus a thousand. Yeah. yeah. That's like, That's ridiculous. Now, the one I do want to talk about that you mentioned on your list was Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, whatever you want to call her. Based on whatever sheets you want to read, it looks like a long shot that she's coming back. Looks like she's probably going to AEW on Saturday, I think. Um, That's what it looks like or sounds like. 
Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily expect really expect that. If Drew's up, I'll be pretty excited. I got a chance to see her work a couple of weeks ago at New Japan's Battle in the Valley up here in San Jose, and she is very, very good. We don't know where she's showing up yet. We know she's And it being might be kind of hard for someone like her, because I don't know if enough people know her for her to get a pop. You know, right. like, I, I don't think this is the spot. But no. listen, wherever she shows up, if you haven't seen her, you're in for a treat. She's phenomenal. Very, very good. Uh, so, DZ, we went through a lot of possible surprises. Was there anyone there that you, you think can have a nice run or maybe someone we missed that you want to mention? Um, no, I don't have any that you missed. Um, you know, I, I agree with you that Naomi could potentially have a nice run here. Um, would be, I, I think the biggest pop would be AJ Lee by far. She'd get a great one, up. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be she, your surprise. Yeah, that would be your surprise that got that I think would probably get the pop of the night. Um, but yeah, like, listen, like I said, I, on the men's side of things, I'm fascinated. Uh, I'm really curious to see what they do on the women's side of things. For me, this is just the kind of, this is just a year where they, there's just not a lot of options. And I'm, I'm a little bit kind of I, meh about for, it, to be honest with you. As well as they did, I think, making us really interested in some of the top contenders in the men's Rumble, yeah. I don't think they did a great enough job with that here, no. Coop, you know, either, you know, because we, and, and we'll get to the top four now, who mm-hmm. are, I do think, the logical winners, and you can make cases for all of them. Like, as Andrew was just saying, with Bianca, hell, they haven't teased it, but if Bianca wins... They teased it last year, and she called out Rhea Ripley. That'd be a really big match. Sure. Huge. And that's absolutely something that could be up for grabs. Becky's already teased it with Rhea. Nia's already teased it with Rhea. And then you've got Bailey, who would be on the other side, most likely, going after Io. So, Chad, it kind of feels like these are the most logical choices to win. What do you think would be a good choice, or what what do you expect may happen? Well, you know, since Charlotte's out, would it, it playing devil's advocate here? Is it really that? Is it really that far fetched? A year that we WWE could get away with letting someone like Jade Cardgill win this, or uh, a Naomi coming back and winning in this spot? Are we really ready for Rhea to drop that title and Roman Reigns to drop his title on the same weekend in in WWE? You know, it's um, I, I'm all for Bailey winning this. That's Me my too. bet. That's I my pick. I think, yeah, I, I think she is too. I just hope we're not disappointed here. We always sometimes get a little disappointed here and there. I know this is a new era and this is a new regime for the WWE Triple H and and all that stuff. Uh, something kind of smells a little odd here, and I just hope we're not getting – I would be disappointed, and I hate to say this. I, I will get some hate mail. I would be disappointed if Becky Lynch won the Women's Royal Rumble. Well, because I've, I've always kind of been under the – she's not someone that needs it, right? You can put no, Becky – No, and I like her. Yes. Yeah, and you can put Becky into the title match anyway very easily. Andrew and you know what I will say AC you and I have not always been the Biggest fans of Nia Jax And Nia Jax has not always been the greatest Worker but I will give WWE A lot of credit this Run that they've had with her She's been better in ring She's been better on mic her character has been Better they've booked her better and she's Actually 
playing a very good role that she's cast on this television show. So yes. Andrew, before before you jump in, I'm gonna you asked the question before about what would happen, what would make you disappointed. I understand everything you just said, Gino. Nia Jax winning. winning this Royal Rumble would disappoint me. I I I'm sorry. I understand it's better. No, you're and you're right. Okay? I get it. I just don't see it with her. I'm no. sorry. I and don't see her as WrestleMania championship match off a Royal Rumble win caliber performer. I just don't see it. She's got to win over Becky all raw, right? Clean. Yeah, clean. I think the spot for Nia is as the peel at Elimination Chamber against Rhea as the baby. Yes. Is that what we do, Andrew? 1,000%. And you wind up casting Nia as the immovable object that the irresistible force has to move. You wind up blowing the roof off the building when Rhea winds up winning the match. I think that's what you wind up doing. I think you give Nia the cane spot, if mm-hmm. you will, in the Royal yep. Rumble. Oh, yeah. Where you like give that. her the spot where she's just tossing, tossing out lower, mid, right, and center until she winds up meeting up with somebody that can match her. And maybe that's where you wind up getting Jade Cargill involved. But it's just one of those instances where I give WWE a lot of credit because they're doing something with Nia Jax that they didn't always do during her first run with the company. They're booking around her limitations Mm -hmm. and they're acknowledging some of the elephants in the room. Absolutely. You have imagined Vince McMahon allowing on television, some of those Becky and Nia promos where they openly talk about how Nia just absolutely brutalized (laughs) her and broke her nose. (laughs) Never would have happened three or four years ago. Never. And I give them a lot of credit for that. There is a place for someone like Nia Jax on any women's roster. I'm not going to dispute that, but I do agree that that if she winds up winning, it's going to leave a pretty bad taste in people's mouths. It just, it doesn't feel like the spot where you put over a monster heel when you've got a bigger, more monstrous heel slash going to be a monster baby face in Perth uh, at Elimination Chamber right there. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'll sign for Randy Orton showing up and RKOing her through the Oh, that's so great. (laughs) That would be so funny. That would be so funny. But he just like shows up and RKO's her and he just like he just like looks at the crowd and he just shrugs shrugs his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Just shrugs (laughs) his shoulders and walks off. That would would be your biggest pop of the night if it happened. That really would. And um I I just get the sense because with the elimination chamber, they could have that match. They could have, you know, Becky win the elimination chamber itself for the women, and that could set her up for Rhea at Mania. And then on the other side, I feel like I they're gonna give it to Bailey as kind of a lifetime achievement award. Hey Bailey, you did some really great work as a heel the last few years. And I do think by the time we get to WrestleMania, we might even get the old Bailey entrance for Mania. That would probably be a pretty big pop with the wacky wavy inflatable arm waving tube and like Bailey coming down like the baby face again. I don't know if she would go completely back to that character. The only the only thing I don't like about this and what worries me, and, and Chad, we've talked about it a few times, and DZ, it kind of reminds me of some things that have happened with Seth. In like, I don't, when you have a heel group and you have one of the heels get kicked out and they become a baby face, that's like the worst way to make someone a baby face. Because yeah. I don't, 
I'm supposed to cheer for you because those pieces of crap don't want you anymore. Like, See also Orton, like comma, Randy, and evolution. Right? Yeah, but if it's Bailey that figures it out, right? If it's Bailey that makes the move and she finds out that she's getting screwed or something's happening and she's the one that, that makes the initial move to turn, that's a different story. And that's so what let's, I'm so, so, Gino, let's book it tonight, guys. What what are the two women's championship matches for WrestleMania's nights one and two? Rhea versus who? What 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 are we doing here? I'm saying Rhea Becky and Bailey Eo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, on the same way, which should probably terrify the hell out of you, Gino. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I totally I totally agree. Also. And okay. And sometimes predictable is right, and it's not bad when it's when it makes sense. When those are the stories you've been telling, I my whole key is. I want there to be a good reason for the Bailey turn back. I don't want it to be just being cast aside. I want it. it there's got to be that come to Jesus moment or the moment that she comes out and cuts the promo. Like that. what I was, was always wanting from Rollins that we never got. That, hey, I'm sorry, guys. I screwed up. But you know what? I love wrestling. I love you. That's why I do this. Let me be white meat baby face again. You know, that's you what... know what would really help <laughs> with that, Gino? And she's actually available. Izzy. You're right. You are. Dude, that's a great call. That is a great, great call. You are really right. Izzy is wrestling right now. And yes. How on the cool independent story is that you bring her in for two months, two months. And if she winds up and give her a developmental deal, if she don't, if you don't do anything, she still that, winds up contributing to one heck of a story. You get Bailey's baby face redemption. Wow. It's good. That would be a really cool way to do it. You have damage control, take her out or try to take her out. And Bailey makes the save. I mean, yeah, maybe that's the impetus for Bailey turning. Even. It, right. Honestly, like if they, Oh, hey, Bailey, remember your old friend, uh, Izzy? And they're making fun of her. And then the three of them are attacking her, beating her down, and Bailey makes the save. That's not bad, Andrew. Every once in a while, I have yeah. a really good idea. A blind Should squirrel. I what do they say about those? Goldberg, right, Goldberg idea right now? No, uh-huh. no, no, no. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No Goldberg, please. <laughs> oh. I don't want to hear any Goldberg ideas. <laughs> We'll save that for the AEW show because I actually do have an idea for how they could use him. AEW can use just about anything right now, but when we'll aren't they counter programming Saturday's Royal Which, Rumble with some big stuff? Come on, it makes I'm, no I'm sense to me. Trying good, good to luck, good luck with that, Tony. That's if if you're gonna counter anything, don't counter Rumble and Mania. Those are just no. the ones that do no purpose for you. Just put your put your big stuff on Wednesday that you want. But it, I'm going to stop the, watching the Royal Rumble to go see if Sasha Banks shows up in AEW. The random people that don't even watch the Rumble watch the Rumble. That watch wrestling watch the Rumble. They yeah, like I it. It's, it's one of the more uh, exciting events that everyone gets involved with. So, yeah, I don't... In the battle, it, of, in the battle of the cons, Nick is opening up an insert. I was going to say, Nick is secretariat right now. Yeah. No doubt yeah. about it. <laughs> Moving <laughs> like Tony. a tremendous machine. Yeah. 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 Tony, <laughs> Tony is sham plummeting through the field. Although it is fair, if we're talking about AEW really quickly, I like that they're bringing the rankings back and yeah, making wins and losses matter. That's a good step. They're sort of getting back to the, some of the stuff that made them, that differentiated them. At, yep. the, at the beginning, which was nice. I think they blamed uh, it all on CM Punk. He's they did. It was all Punk's fault. And uh, man, when, when Nick Khan 
said to Tony, or he said in that interview, he said, oh, he's a good kid. That just pissed him Whoa. off so much. You know, I should, <laughs> Tony just put a few lines up with, and started tweeting right after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, DZ, we have the world title match that we've referenced a few times throughout the show as a, our final piece of business here. It's a fatal four-way. So with, and with the stuff going on with Rollins now, it has changed things. But at the very least, having this as a fatal four-way does give their d- does present a small chance that Roman Reigns could lose the title without getting pinned, could set up him being furious with the bloodline, could put him in the rock in a match without the title. So because of the fatal four-way, there is still at least that little possibility. Well, technically, yes. But um, most likely. I not. thought... Yeah, I so if you would have asked me the week after Rock came out, I I would have said it's possible that Rock costs Roman the title at the Rumble, and you get uh, Rock Roman like you got Warrior Savage at WrestleMania Seven. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a possible way that they could have gone about it, but again, with the Rollins injury now. I don't I don't think there's any way Roman goes into WrestleMania without that belt. I think it's too much change too quickly. You've had Rollins have that belt for a long time. You've had Roman have it since 1968. So, you know, it, it's <laughs> like, you know, how much are you going to change that quickly in the next couple of months? So I'm I don't know how they're going to go about it. I don't know who he's going to pin. You know, L.A. Knight would or L.J. Styles would probably be the easier option of the two. And then you save. You could still have a a Roman versus Randy down the line somewhere, one on one. If Randy doesn't get in, I am sure there's going to be a moment where it looks like Randy's going to win. I'm sure sure they're going to do that. Um, But I think at the end of the day, whether Solo gets involved like he always does or whatever it may be. At the end of the day, Roman at the last second is going to find a way, and he'll be on to WrestleMania with the belt. I think that's, I think that's close to a foregone conclusion now. Yeah, I, I agree, Coop. If I was ranking them, it would be ninety-five percent Roman Reigns, four uh, percent uh, Randy Orton, and then 05 percent for the other two, and maybe <laughs> even less. And just they feel like they're in there for one of them to take the pin. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think we're we're asking too much for that title to come off uh, of Roman Reigns this close to WrestleMania with all the moving parts involved. I do think I do like the fact that we get a nice run out of one of these two, maybe all three guys in the Rumble itself. Right, because the men's rumble is going to headline this card. The, the guys who don't get assume. pinned, I could absolutely see that. Right, right. If there's I, I two of see, them, even even Orton or Styles or Orton and LA Knight. Yeah, I, I see some shenanigans. Whether it's Solo, uh, Jimmy Uso, you know, he he's got some uh, storyline there with Randy Orton. But I see, you know, it, I, I I think I see Orton coming into this rumble match and, and being one one of these guys who could be the the last two or three and not getting the win. Um, but I, I just, there's no way I see Roman Reigns losing this title on Saturday. Andrew, anything to add uh, to our world title match? It's mentioned at some point the notion of WWE booking themselves into a corner. And whenever Roman Reigns shows up to defend his title, they need to answer a question. If it wasn't Drew at Clash at the Castle, 
or Sami Zayn in his hometown or Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39, why is it going to be this guy? I have no answers for why it's any of those three. Do yeah. we get Damian Priest out there at all during this match or no? I don't think this I, one. Do you? I thought no, I thought I don't think so. it so I thought that you were before the Rollins injury. I thought this could have been a way out. This yeah. could have been yeah. a way out briefcase where you know, let's say everyone's laid out and he comes in and cashes in and just starts to try pinning people. You know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that was something they could have done, but with the Rollins injury, I think they got to keep the briefcase on him just in case. Royal Rumble 2024 is coming up in just a few days. We'll go around the horn and uh, we can all give uh, any last minute thoughts. But coming off of Monday night, where we had Seth and Gunther in the opening segment, we had Punk and Cody in uh, the middle of the show. You've had Drew and Cody have really good segments. Drew and Punk have really good segments. We've they've done a great job on raw building to the men's Royal rumble. And it's, it's fascinating. And we've given a, a ton of different possibilities for the men and they all seem pretty good. At least the top three or four of them do. So DZ few days out, man, it's, it's a fun time being a wrestling fan. It's kind of a, a cool look back through each year at the rumble. How we feel about the rumble is kind of a, how the wrestling year the year before was how strong was it how good was it and last year the end of 2023 was arguably as good of a six months to eight month stretch that wwe's ever had yes uh they are going into wrestlemania season in a very strong position uh with a lot of firepower a lot of star power a lot of options for what they can do um should come as no surprise heading into WrestleMania 40 that they were going to have some major plans for it. And I think things with the exception of the Rollins injury have come together quite nicely for them. Um, and it's certainly captivating TV. And I think, I mean, if allowed to make two separate predictions, I agree with the guys that if the rock shows up, he wins. Uh, but I'm going to go out on my limb and say they get creative. And if rock doesn't show up dead heat, Figure out a way to get them both over, hit the floor at the same time, have all hell break loose, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I like that's a nice uh, possibility for both of your two top baby faces to not feel like they lose anything in the Rumble. Koopa Loop, give us some final thoughts on this week's Rumble ahead. Man, how many times have we said it in this discussion and over the last six, seven, eight months we said this has been the best version of this wrestler since right. returning to the You're WWE. Right. They haven't missed on very many, whether it's returns or repackages. Uh, it's just been really, really fun. It has. Uh, there hasn't been any meld-in shows uh, that that we could have expected on certain Monday nights or certain weekends. It, it's just been really must-see TV. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm my rumble. Exacta box here is going to be Bailey Guther. That's uh, that's what I'm going to box. I guess it would be more two. of a daily double, though, right? A daily double. I'm going to do yeah. it. You know, because the old daily exactly double would be your top two. So you got the yeah. straight double right so there. So give me the straight double with Bailey Guther I like in the that. Royal Rumble. A little outside week. the box there. Not probably not a, a top two that a lot of people would pick, but they both, I would be 
very shocked if both of them weren't in the final fours of theirs. Agreed. Like, I Agreed. think they'll both have really nice runs. Andrew, isn't it funny? All of the years, I think this is probably the fourth time we've done this for a Rumble preview now since we've been doing this podcast. This is the first time where we don't have to wonder about CM Punk. He's here. <laughs> we, would, we would always wonder, Punk's going to show up. No, he's not here yet. Hey, he's here. So we took that part out of it. I don't know. We really don't think Goldberg has one more run left in him. I'm I'm sorry. I had to. At any rate, though, when WWE is firing on all cylinders, there is no one that can match them. And I say that with all due respect to AEW and New Japan, two promotions that I enjoy watching very, very much, and will gladly give credit where give credit where credit is due on a number they've been doing. WWE has a higher batting average now than they have had in a very, very, very long time. They are putting out high quality matches left, right and center with guys that are presented well and given every chance to succeed. They are not trying to put square pegs into round holes and get over guys in certain ways that they're just not going to get over. This has been a lot of fun to watch over the last three to six months to see the impact that a change in philosophies at the top has. And I think we're going to see a lot of that at this Royal Rumble. You see there it on are the wrestlers' faces, don't you? Yes, there's a definite change in just the mood of the product because there were times, and I'm not going to count the pandemic stuff because that stuff, because that's not fair to anybody. But there were times in... 2017, 2018, 2019. And I'll give you a real good example of this. When Roman Reigns got the dog food poured on him, Hmm. I had a friend (laughs) at the time who worked for WWE. SmackDown was coming to the Bay Area, and I would hit him up once or twice a year to see if I could get tickets. I messaged him and said, after seeing that, I have no interest in the product. No, thank you. Absolutely none. And it's a real freaking shame because they had the talent there. They just weren't using, they just weren't using it. It's not now is exponentially more talented from bell to bell than it was five or six years ago. They're just being used in better or in some cases, just different, fresher ways. It's a lot of fun to watch. And it reminds you of some of the joys of being a wrestling fan, because when they get it right, It's fascinating, and it's been really, really good for a long time now. Here's hoping that continues as we head to WrestleMania 40, boys. Yeah, well, we can all agree, disagree on a bunch of things in the world, on life, on perspectives. But one thing I can promise you, if you find a couple friends that you can talk about wrestling with for a couple hours, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. And I got a few of them right here. Darren, Zocali. hey guys, let me ask you this question: If The Rock wins the the Royal Rumble, how much can I sell my WrestleMania tickets for? Oh, oh. My <laughs> thousands! Mark, mark up. Just start ticking the percentage up, 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 up. <laughs> DZ, that'll be. I might. Uh, I mean, I might honestly just keep the parking pass and just hang out in the parking lot and yeah, throw it up tailgate? on a big screen yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah. Get you some merch right there. Get you yeah. an official yeah. program. Unbelievable. We have a fun week ahead with the Royal Rumble. And hey, if you're a a horse racing fan, there's a pretty good day on Saturday at Gulfstream Park, too, with the Pegasus leading right into it. So I'll be uh, 
busy watching the races. It'll lead us right into the Royal Rumble. We'll have our fun pool. We'll get to hear Andrew complain about his bad numbers. It'll be a normal fun. <laughs> I get screwed every year. <laughs> Every single year, I am going to be like Drew McIntyre right now and whine just a little too much. I've already got Otis as it's one of your It's going to be great when you get to Otis. Otis. Morello, by the way. I, uh, Look, all I'm saying is the year that the year that I got Johnny and every single female legend in that Royal Rumble was rigged. It was a <laughs> sham. DZ, you got Santino Morella. I got Santina. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Oh, fellas, it was a blast talking with you again. Everyone, if you're someone who's listening to this and maybe you're not the hardcore wrestling fan that tunes in every week and you just wanted to, to get all ready for the rumble, the product right now has been has been pretty good. Maybe you want to stick with it again week to week between now and mania because some of the complaints you may have had the last you know decade, the storytelling, the continuity. It's just a lot better. They're not treating us as fans quite as dumb as as they used to, which is nice. And uh, we're ready for a big weekend coming up. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on This Week in Wrestling. Hope everyone has a blast with the Royal Rumble on Saturday, January the 27th. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Chad. Thanks to DZ for hanging out and talking all about the Royal Rumble for 2024. Hopefully we got you all set up and prepped and ready. Have some fun this week. Enjoy watching with your friends. It's always one that I always get some people who haven't watched wrestling in a while that'll send me a message and ask me who's going to win this or uh, I'm in a pool with some of my friends and we always have a little pool ourselves going. So hope everyone has a nice weekend coming up and don't forget we'll have those NFL Conference Championship games previewed with Eric on the next podcast. We'll also have What If Season 2 recap and review with Tim Kelly and we'll have some more racing from Santa Anita coming up on the next episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Talk to you soon.